0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Gay Stuff, Woo mm-hmm. we're the podcast where we talk <laughs> about gay stuff and discuss the week in like, LGBTQ mm. history. We are Thomas,
1: Tony, Kendall,
0: and this week we're going to review the week of July 5th through the 11th and we'll discuss the week, uh, we'll discuss the topics of Lester Hunt, Nancy Reagan, and Megan Rapino.
2: Well, wait, hold on, let me just try that again. Kendall, that's, that's better. That's good, good, yeah. good. Now great. I can go forward with pride in the performance i do for the
1: rest of the podcast so this is a perfect example of people like do you edit it's like no we don't edit (laughs) on the spot four minutes later candle's like oh candle
0: here we didn't edit last week so last week i was listening to uh i was trying to get some stuff for our podcast and uh for social media and i said july 28th instead of june 28th so it just shows oh my god but even so like even if i want like i'd have to go back and listen to the like in the Rare times that we have edited anything, I've always no, known it and noted it, noted it, noted it, noted it. Okay, <laughs> noted during the podcast so that we could go back. It was like about this time, so I just completely missed it, and you guys didn't catch it either because no, no, n- neither one of you called me. I was me seeing up, if you like, would
1: catch it. Oh, whole thing. I see some of our because sometimes like like Gloria, you know, she'll if there's like a mistake or something, she'll like text. So she didn't catch it either. Oh, I
2: wasn't listening.
0: Yeah, I know you don't listen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, what's going on? What you uh, here for community service. We are <laughs> yes, you are. Before we uh, dive into our topics, what uh, what's happening? Anything anything good this week?
2: Well, I guess this is Pride Weekend for us, huh? Well, n- I mean, because... On taping weekend? Taping weekend. You're going to go, it what it are you all going to do? What well, gay thing, how are you going to make your gay well, we're past forefathers Pride and we're, sisters we're, proud?
0: You're talking about July 4th.
2: Oh, yeah, because it's Pride weekend Pride right now. Pride was last weekend. Already,
0: we're, oh, we're, well, no, we're in
1: July.
2: Well, that we're pretty on, much sums up we're on Wednesday. 2020 Pride. Yeah.
0: Where are you? Yeah, 2020 Pride has gone and left us. Did you us. do anything for Pride?
1: Oh, okay. I didn't do anything. Well, well see. today there was, in Houston, there was a Pride. So f- Highway 59 is a major thoroughfare in Houston. The bridge that goes over on Montrose, there was like a... Oh, yeah, yeah. They were like, people were hanging out over the bridge with their rainbow flags and... Oh did you go did you see any of that? They the weren't jumpers. No. On videos. I didn't know that. Jumpers? No. They have uh fences there. Um, I don't think we I don't think we're gonna go yeah. there.
2: Can you edit that out? Uh, yeah. I didn't do
1: anything for Pride Child do anything. Uh <laughs> no, Kendall, s- Kendall was at his oh, niece's I did. graduation. I was at
2: my niece's graduation and then took an R V trip back from Denver to Houston with my parents and my sister, and that was interesting. Shortest and nine days of your life. Yeah.
0: Would none of them listen to I the podcast so what wrote happened? on the roof. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You wrote on the roof.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's good.
0: Is that like a literal term or a figurative term? I mean you went to Colorado, <laughs> like that could be some that could mean all sorts of things.
2: Riding on the roof? Yeah, like I don't know. You were high well, expensive because of gummies.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh yeah we Allegedly. I'm just saying it's i con- I'm not I don't know if you dark. did. Like I don't think you I mean you you were always a very clean cut person when when we did back Once in a while i will have a glass of wine. Yeah. I mean drinking is one thing it's but it's cut it, and it's uh, clean. Illegal drugs was not a thing that you were, was not part of your portfolio. You had plenty of other things to uh, And I still say.
2: do illegal drugs. I didn't say you did.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was not part part of your portfolio.
1: Now that it's legal, Kendall's like mm, don't need and it. Legal it's, Yeah. not enticing.
0: It's legal. Try something else. No. Uh, No. Kendall's not a drug user. Uh, Maybe a drug abuser. No, I'm kidding. His drug is boys.
2: Hey, you're trying to make me self-incriminate. Everybody say love. (laughs) Love. (laughs) (laughs) Love. Anything else happen? Oh, anything else going on in the week? No, but you know what? I did read that I thought was precious and adorable, and I thought maybe this is an Onion article. Is that Mexico, on June 26th until now? Still, they changed Burger King. Changed it to Burger Queer.
0: Burger. Uh, when you sent that, I that's I, a- I had to read it. I thought it was going to be like Burger Queen instead of Burger no, King. No Queer, but Burger Queer. I like that. Better. Even
2: Burger King is like, can we stop seeing LGBTQIA and just call it like queer? enough for the acronyms? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Burger Queer.
2: Yeah, that's cool. All
0: right, good, good for you. And Burger they have a queer. rainbow logo. But they didn't do it for the U.S. Affiliates of Burger King did not do it, huh?
2: No, we look for Mexico um, to be yeah. the more. We're, uh, we're under Trump liberal right now. We're not doing edge. anything pro LGBT. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, um, so that's cool. Good to write on Burger King. I have, when's yeah. the last time you ate at Burger King?
2: A week ago. I was gonna say maybe I was on your road my trip? parents and my <laughs> really? dad was like. Here's a 20. Go to Burger King or McDonald's. <laughs> Why not Keynes?
0: Like, you're, you went, you were in Louisiana. Like, Keynes is the go-to.
2: Because in this town, it was three stop signs over, and they didn't want to waste the gas. Oh, there you go.
0: Burger King.
1: I haven't eaten a Burger King in so years. So I went to Burger Queer.
0: I think the last time I ate a Burger King was, uh, Kendall, you and I were uh, moving to Virginia, and we stopped, at, like, in Tennessee or just on the other side of the border of wow Tennessee, you Virginia. still
2: think of me a lot don't you all the time <laughs>
0: all the time when uh there's a song from selena you call me all the time day he's and like, oh, night Kendall. uh no <laughs>
2: no
1: he thinks good. about you but it isn't good no kidding. <laughs> half
2: your reviews from here are from you
1: oh my god he's starting these facebook guys he's like uh oh, candle he woke I'm Gonna with the podcast <laughs> To me. That's Every weird.
2: time you leave a review, you're like, I felt like I dated Kendall. There's something about him I felt like I dated for nine and a half years. It's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: No, we're good. <laughs> when have you been finally getting married? And I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call oh, you. Oh, gonna be tomorrow. It was gonna be tomorrow.
2: I thought six <sighs> months ago it was gonna be tomorrow. Yeah, it was supposed to be April 25th, and then COVID sat on it. And now it was gonna be tomorrow. We're gonna get the parents together. Um, and the siblings because they just happen to be mine happen to be in town tomorrow. But yours, yours. The Houston rate is like out of control, bigger than it's ever been. Covid rate, you mean? Yeah, covid rate.
1: Not the marriage. My rate.
2: mom's high risk anyway, so it's like, well shit. You'll find what are we any gonna excuse do? to keep
1: putting off that wedding.
2: So we're just literally going to go to the courthouse Friday. This time, and just, like, beg for them to marry us.
0: This time when that radio segment says, what do you Do at, at the court courthouse? House? You don't have to be like, well, I got another ticket. This time you'll be like, I'm getting married. Actually, yeah.
1: I hope they do do that and they find your dad there and you're just like, oh, well, I'm here for this. Gay marriage. <laughs> this gay marriage. Gay wedding.
2: So I'm going to get gay married Friday, I guess. Are you really? In Galveston? Where are you going to get
0: married? This way the paparazzi can be watching.
2: Well... A neighboring county because the COVID's closed down the... Mm-hmm. or not closed down. It's so backed up. So, um, yeah, we're going to go to Galveston Friday. But it's just getting the license to apply to get their certificate, you know? It's a mm-hmm. whole big ordeal. And meanwhile, still a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> not sitting on an inflatable donut yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Uh well, you know, uh that's that sounds about uh
0: about right for you. <laughs> I
1: don't know.
0: Anything anything else going on?
1: This week I did read where uh the UK um they're gonna put Alan Turing on the uh fifty pound note <gasps> next year. Why
2: well, how could you pick that up? <laughs> Shut up. Couldn't they put on a lighter one? <laughs> what does that even mean? Fifty-pound note. No. So that's actually very good. I think in most European countries they rotate their famous people out. Mm. And we almost got Harry Tubman on the twenty. Oh ago. yeah, and then Trump got elected. Trump yeah. said, oh, "We need more. We need upwards of nine years. In other words, any. I, we're not going to make that decision until I'm out of office. But anyway, not to make this about him. Yeah, because I good think about it was almost Al-Tor- a done
1: deal until he. It was they office. stopped it. Yeah, yeah, I know.
2: Yeah. Good old now Trump. Now she's underground again. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, Kendall, you mentioned Pride earlier. Uh, you know, one thing that we didn't mention, I, I think, part of it because it was like, I don't know how this is going to go. But we, uh, we had, a, we, the three of us, were uh, on a, uh, on an event, uh, a Pride event for a huge Inc, which is a tech firm out of Brooklyn. Uh, oddly, that I worked with in a prior life. Um, they contacted us based on the article they read in Outsmart Magazine. Yeah. Uh, from this uh, Houston LGBTQ uh, magazine uh, and they were like they found us and uh, they asked us to speak um, at their pride event I think we were the court jesters of the uh, <laughs> of the event because they were like oh we've got some PhDs and some historians to talk about LGBTQ history and they're like can you guys just bring us some fun and uh, yeah I think uh, it was a fun event I mean it was it's exceeded my expectations because I didn't know what, yeah. what to expect of that I mean everything it was a virtual. Yeah. Right, We were doing it Zoom, uh, and they had an audience that was across the globe. Yeah. Apparently, their CEO showed up uh, and listened in on the call, too, So, uh, which was pretty cool. There were cool. a lot of people, too. Yep. it was LA. like uh, 60 people that showed up, so our biggest audience yet. So, uh, hey, that's cool.
2: Of the of, biggest audience of what?
0: Of us doing a live show. Oh, you mean the live, live show, video yeah. part? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, that was good. What y'all think about it? I had fun. It was good. Yeah, I thought it was good. He asked a lot of good questions, wondering yeah. about us. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> what?
2: Did, what? Well, one question I blacked out just because I got so into it and I forgot. I kind of trailed off a little bit. Forgot what I was talking about. Wound up like I often do at Judy Garland. But I don't know if that was pertinent to the conversation. No, I don't think it was. I remember no. that point, and
0: I was like, "Oh, where's he going with that?" Oh, okay.
1: Mm. Well, it was fun I didn't for me. It. it was like whatever.
2: But it was in Denver, and I was uh, trying to stay away from my nieces and nephews, and.
0: Yeah, you were you were like sitting on the floor and had some dress. with my back like, to
2: the <laughs> door in case they tried to run in, but they were good.
0: Which is like what happens in COVID land. Like I mean, so you weren't out of the uh, out of the ordinary, and you had good lighting. So that's kind of all that matters. So uh, clean you know? panties, excellent clean
2: hair and panties, makeup. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, you had your sister. Your, I had a great blowout. You had your nephew do your hair and makeup, so that's good. You're a good gay uncle. Well, he did that.
2: half my face and made me pay for the other one. Well, I was very proud.
0: As a good business person, I'm glad he did that. So, <laughs> uh, but it was good. I think uh, you guys represented the podcast and our our LGBT community well. So that was good. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah.
1: it Tony. was good. Yeah. yeah.
2: Fun. Watch out for that bonus in the mail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were a couple times Wait, where you know, Kendall checks. was
0: like, uh, "I thought we were gonna, I thought we were all gonna have like an equal say," but Kendall was like trying to steal the show. So I was like, Oh, "Kendall, can we let Tony talk?" No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just oh, kidding. yeah. Well. We, well, you know, in our on our defense, uh, you know, we got a list of questions, so they, you know, kudos to them. And so, um, not that anything went wrong with it, but we kind of ass- because I'm anal retentive, and I had to assign us all like which questions to ask, and a couple of them got skipped over. So the ones that I sent Tony like all got skipped over, and I was like, all right, we going to I did.
1: Done. I kind of was like, did I not get that? <laughs> not that I cared, but I was like, because I, I actually wrote out responses, yeah. you know, for like. um And so I was like... And then some I think he kind of incorporated in others because there was overlap. Yeah. You know, but yeah.
0: (laughs) It was good. We're adaptable. We got some good ones. We got uh, some good questions from... I mean, they opened it up to Q&A, so that was good. Uh, I think you found a future husband, Tony. Future ex-husband. Future ex-husband. A few of them. But it was good. Like I said, it was cool that the CEO... uh hopped on that call um having worked with that uh organization in the past like from a like a, in a business standpoint i mean they were everything uh, good about our social media presence is all due to that company because i said they uh were pitching to me in my old job uh about like why we needed to do business with them and all the cool things they could offer from a social media standpoint so and all the bad things don't blame them but all the good things like that we know I all give credit to Hugh. Oh, G- nice, I yeah. just would wanted to told him that like I had that in my mind. I was like I wrote it down. I'm like I got to tell him this. Thank you. And I. For- I was talking too bit. much,
2: probably. No, you were. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, you were good. They. I. Uh, again, no. I mean, Spencer has told me, and not, and he, uh, blatant, uh, blatantly. I think he even told who he was to, who, talking to, his mom. Like Kendall's the funny one, and then you and I are along for the ride, Tony. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's a lot
2: of pressure, but yeah. So it was good. Not a lot of work.
0: (laughs) We wanted to put you up there and uh, you know showcase you. Showcase you. We'll just we'll support you. I'm a good supporting cast uh, cast member, so I did it for nine years. Okay. Well,
2: advertisers would be nice to show appreciation. Nine and a half wasn't it? Of, was it? Speaking
0: of, why are you trying to make it longer? <laughs> Speaking of advertisers, how about the, our friends from Bake Bones? Uh, a recent Gallup poll shows that Americans have reported feeling stress, worry, and anger at the highest levels in over a decade. And while uh, we are growing more and more aware of the effects of stress on our mo- bodies and minds. We may not have considered the effects that our stress can have on our pets. According to a 2019 study, there is a synchronization between stress hormones in humans and their dogs. If you are a dog parent, you probably know that your pup is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling. We're always working to reduce our own stress in any way we can, but what about the anxiety we may have passed on to our dogs? Baked Bones has a solution. CBD has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs. And Baked Bones has your dog covered. Made from organic, human-grade ingredients, and full-spectrum hemp oil, their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup. Check out check out bakebones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and their other benefits it may provide. Baked Bones offers free shipping on all orders over $25. And guess what? Listeners, you can save 15% off when you use the promo code Gay stuff, fifteen. That's G A Y S T U F F. One five. That's a five percent increase from our. I was prior gonna months, say, so yeah, yeah. Upgrade you. That's what we do Woof. for you guys, listeners. Uh, Baked Bones is LGBTQ-owned and operated, and is based in Houston, Texas. Baked Bones proudly donates ten percent of all their profits to no kill shelters in the U.S. Baked Bones, bake your dogs happy.
1: I also found out uh, the last couple weeks. Humans can eat them, too.
0: Have you tried them? Dogs? No.
1: The treats. Because uh, he was – so the owner, he was posting something on Facebook, and I was like, if it's all natural human-grade ingredients, can't you just eat them? And he goes, I snack on them once in a while.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what he told us. He's like, you could try them. He's like, they don't have any sugar, but you could try them. Uh, uh,
1: Yeah, because it's literally just like applesauce, peanut butter. The essentials. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'm going to reveal a little secret. Maybe they don't want us to do that, but they were they were in uh, North Carolina recently. Um, they uh, mm, traveling. Um, I saw one mm. of the uh, one of the co-owners, um, Brantley. He is a, I guess he's an ordained minister. So he um, a, uh, officiated a wedding for some oh, of the family I members. Know that. Okay, but they were doing operations outside of like so. If they were getting orders, they picked up packed up all their stuff and were you know baking. And, uh, oh, they were baking there. Baking and uh, so out of North Carolina. So
1: they That's were d- crazy, yeah. doing their thing. Yeah, so. they do everything themselves.
0: Yeah. Chris is uh, at it and uh, making, making those secret recipes. I will say, to our credit, uh, I got a text from those guys saying, Thank you for getting us through Alabama. Like, oh, our, sweet. Our, our podcast the was pod- doing that. Yeah. And, and so. then they turned us off. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, and then, they heard Candle so
1: He doesn't <laughs> let anyone else talk. <laughs>
0: That's why we have to mute you sometimes.
1: That's why he cut you out so much.
0: <laughs> the only editing we do is getting Kendall out of the podcast. Just kidding. You're you're the entertainment value. You, you delivered last week. All my week. friends
1: that listen are like, who's Kendall? I haven't heard from him in six months. <laughs>
0: Maybe this will get you. Uh, He's getting bigger behind this mic. Maybe. <laughs> Literally. Oh, hello. Maybe, maybe uh, this topic will spur you up. Because uh, last year, interestingly, we talked about Megan Rapinoe, um, and I did it somewhat in a slide. way in a it's not slide snide way, uh, because she was uh, battling the president at the time, which I know kudos to her. But I, it was one of those things that I was just like, oh, it was getting a lot of press and. In my opinion, I'm not a fan of a cocky athlete, which she's a very confident athlete. So, this is not a sexist thing. If you're a male or a female, I'm kind of like, mm. but I thought it was appropriate to talk about her this. I mean, so June, July 5th uh, is her birthday. And so, I want to talk about Megan uh, because she is, I mean, despite me, her being confident, overly confident, in my opinion, she's a freaking badass. Like, she is out there, a visible. Um, not only is she an awesome athlete, but she's a very visible um, and vocal ally, and not ally, but advocate for the LGBTQ community. She's an ally to the African American community. Um, she's a proud feminist, and so, and and she's she's one of those rare people who are using her her she's using her platform to to do good to make sure that um, she's uh, all the people who listen to her and follow to her follow her are listening to like messages that need to be heard uh so her her birthday is uh, on july 5th um you know we we got to know megan as being a domineering force on the soccer field um but as i said she's a, a soccer player an activist uh and notably last year she was a target of the president's tweets mm. she's uh interestingly interestingly she grew up in uh Redding, California, not so interesting on that part, but interesting in the sense that she grew up to uh, two very conservative parents, and so you you would think that someone who grew up in probably a redder part of California to conservative parents, um, I mean, her being a Lesbian, you know, feminist, uh, like, yeah, yeah that you wouldn't th- think those two match, but um, she she did. Uh, she is, and she still has a great relationship with her parents. Um, so I want to talk a little, a couple, a couple things about Megan as a soccer player, uh, and then some of the things she's done on a on, as an advocate, advocate for the LGBTQ community, for minorities, and for women. So um, as a soccer player, she's a midfielder. You know, if you look up her her profile. She gets a couple different positions attributed to her a midfielder, a forward, um, a winger. Uh, she's played on the women's uh, US national team, the US Olympic team, and the National Women's Soccer League. We got to know Megan um, uh, as a nation in 2011. Uh, she gained notoriety for uh, this game-tying assist that she uh, did at the 2011 World Cup match. Um, she basically uh, kicked over a, a, t- a 50 yard assist to uh, Abby Wambach, uh, who was another prominent uh, soccer star, and so she kicked over that assist, and Amy uh, Abby kicked a, a, a goal a goal in overtime to win the game. So it was like that was nice. a big big thing, and so um, that's how we got to know her the first time. Um, and then as a soccer player, she's just continued to uh, be a standout player. Um, notably, she got more attention in 2017 when she kneeled during the national anthem. I'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, and then in 2019, um, she was really prominent on the on the national and global radar uh, when she was a co-captain for the U.S. women's soccer team during the World Cup, um, which they ultimately went to victory in 2019. Um, she was a dominant force, not just as a as a co-captain, but you know, on that final match that they were playing, like they were 16 minutes in, the score was 0-0, and she, she scores a, a, the first goal of the game in this final match. Uh, so that really created a spark for the team, the U.S. team, and they ultimately won the, the World Cup. So nice. uh, winning yet another World Cup, the women's uh, soccer team. Um, notably during that time, yes, they won, but she got a lot of headlines because um, she got to a bit of a Twitter tiff with Donald Trump um again we talked about this last year because he was I remember us saying <clears throat> me specifically saying I can't believe the president's freaking tweeting at a soccer player I also couldn't believe that she was responding in kind but hey, it's like hey if the president's tweeting yeah. at you use the platform yeah. Uh, but he he was tweeting at her because in, it's your responsibility <laughs> right in in June um right before right right after right during the when the World Cup started uh, he, uh interview surfaced that she had um Uh, participated in in january when they asked her like hey um you you know presuming you guys win the world cup you're gonna go to the white house she's like fuck no we're not going to the world cup good for her Uh, she was and so um that caught the attention of twitter and then the president and then he um he he decided to tweet at her saying that other than the nba teams and the league uh other than the nba leagues and teams love coming to the white house i'm a big fan of american team and women's soccer but megan should win first before she talks we haven't invited megan or the team but i'm inviting the team win or lose megan should never disrespect our country the white house or our flag especially since we do so much for her, uh, especially since so much has been done for her and the team so I mean, this is the president of the United States mm-hmm. tweeting at you while you're. But rep- she won eventually, right? Yeah. Seems like somebody
1: else wrote that Bam. tweet though, because that's a lot of full sentences. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but here she is, defi- like representing the United States on a global stage on a big, you know, with the World Cup, which is it gets a lot of attention. Yeah. And he's picking a fight with her. Um, ultimately, yes, they did win. But that's um,
2: why he did it is because th- that was the new story, the World Cup and all that, and he was like, they're not paying attention to me how do I get involved in this? Yeah. Just my thoughts. Yeah, no,
0: that's exactly, I mean, that's what he does. I mean, he's, um, I hesitate to use the word genius, but he's genius in that regard. He knows how to command the media, right? Whether we like that or not, like that's what he does well, um, because he just will spit shit out, and you have to, you have to pay attention to it, because he's a freaking president of the United States, and, congress listens to him or the republican congress listens to him world leaders listen to him i mean they suck his ass because he says the things that he does and they're like oh we know if we stroke him a little bit then he's gonna be he's gonna be um you know favorable to us he'll release funds or will not withhold funds so um so i get why he does i don't get it but that's why he does what he does. But, anyways, uh, this conversation isn't about dej- DJT. Uh, in 20, we're well,
2: talking th- about sucking his butt and all kinds of stuff. I don't know where we go from here. Uh, we'll talk about Megan. Uh, who doesn't. She's a lesbian. She this doesn't is what I wish we edited. Well, maybe she does. <laughs> she's like gay men
1: are gross. Men are girls.
0: Men are gross. <laughs> gross. Uh, in twenty nineteen though, after winning the World Cup, I mean she was also named the Sports Illustrated Person of the Year. This is only she's only the fourth person uh, to do it solo. I, mean, I guess other women have been done before, but she's the first fourth person to do it solo. Um, she's also noted for like this. You know, after the the tweet exchange and during the World Cup, like she scored a goal, and she had this pose where you know, which is known as the pose, where she had her arms outstretched, her chin was up, and her head tipped just back, and so that's all known as the pose. And and it, and she says because people like asked, yeah, winning Be, pose, and people asked her about it, like well, you know, what was what was that about? Because it was very. It was very exaggerated, very prominent. It was, It's it's like every male athlete does. Yeah, showboating. Um, and she's like, it was me giving two fingers, you know, n- two middle fingers up in the air. like. I think, think it's good to see
2: um, women cocky like that, mm-hmm. if we want to use the word cocky. Yeah, because I mean... so much how, how we talk about women, interact with women, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what a woman is supposed to do, which is a whole bunch of BS to make men, you know more comfortable with controlling them. I feel like, um, so when a woman acts like a man, here's this lesbian short blonde hair and she's acting like triumphant like a man, that's an fu you to a lot of people. I mean, love I love it. I'm down for it.
0: I get the, the, the statement, the protest statement. I've never been a fan of athletes who do that. Like, and especially male athletes who do it. I've, I mean, I went to a high school, um, that played like what we called smash mouth football when I was playing, like we, you just, you execute the play, you, you play harder, you hit harder, and that's how you win. Uh, I was a fan of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, you know, their their mentality uh, when Tim Duncan was like the leader of that uh, that group, and David Robinson too, We're just fundamentals. We're going to execute better than you are, and we're going to win. We're not going to show off. We're not going to be a flashy team. We're just going to play better than you, and we're going to beat the fuck out of you. So that, to me, is... My style. I went to A and M. Same thing. It was like we're gonna play defense. We're not gonna be flashy. When Johnny Manziel to use A and M. You guys are getting lost in this conversation. But when he, he was on
2: Real World Road Rules Challenge, I think. No. John, might, that was Johnny. He Man. might as
0: well. <laughs> but when he was playing, Johnny like, Bananas is his name. I, I did not approve of like like I l- I'm glad he was winning for us, but it was like that flashy style. I'm like that's not yeah. part of our our brand. We're Smash Mouth football. We play. And he was really
1: keep, arrogant. Op- like yeah, like if he would. Go to get like didn't he get caught drinking and he was like kind of like dude, Johnny, drinking doing
0: pot also and of Johnny Mandel, like yep. you don't want to
1: risk and Smash
2: Mouth is for grinder it's not for <laughs> hello basketball
0: but that said I mean I do I do appreciate what she was bringing to the table like so I I mean I again in the full disclosure of our our like. Um, Awakening, at least mine personally, from doing this podcast. This is one of the not things full that,
2: disclosure because I still have secrets.
0: That well, well, just in terms of like See, the the podcast. Like if someone had been like, well, you said last year this about Megan Rapinoe, and like, I'm like, well, I did say that last year, but I've come to appreciate like she's got a different perspective, and maybe I should have had that last year, but I just I didn't really. Uh, I, d- I just saw it as cocky but I'm like she yeah. to your point she's still well and in my and defense I don't,
2: I've never remembered the previous week's episode
0: <laughs> which is fair that's fine uh, you uh, too <laughs> but but I, I don't know I I, I, pre- I
2: appreciate what she was
0: bringing what she brings to the table um, as a as a Vocal, and she recognizes that she's like, I have a platform, I have a voice, I have to use, I have to shake things up a bit more, like, because most of us just want to be the status quo, and she's like, I can't do that. I kind of
1: applaud her for that, for you know, taking her celebrity as a, you know, sports star and using it for feminism, for LGBT rights, for. uh, Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Well, the whole argument about, or not argument, but. If a white kid is a showboater in sports, it's just, oh, look at that goofy little white kid, I think. But there are different um, thoughts on it if a woman does it or if a black, Hispanic person does it because it's kind of a little bit of like, you should know your place. You should be Mm -hmm. a gentleman or a lady because we've taught you to be this certain way. Right. That's Mm -hmm. my opinion on... There are differences even within sports of what a... White, all-American athlete. Oh, I can mean, let's look, look
0: at the president. Like, oh, on, on in some instances, there's good people on both sides, and the other. If you kneel during the national anthem, you're a son of a yeah. bitch, right? So, that's that's the way. That's that's the nature of what's going on. Um, but you know, she's a fierce competitor. I mean, what I like about as again, as I, I was researching about her, uh, and we did a spotlight about her during women's history month, but she's like, your opponent is more nervous than you are. Like that's the the way she operates. She operates like intimidate. Yeah. We have no quit in us. We're, we'll win it. You know, we'll do anything to win. So, which is, you don't hear that from women. Right. So to your point, Kendall, like that's a a voice that's important to hear it's important for women to i think approach it that way because most of the time it's like well no we can all win together and she's like no we're gonna do anything to win and that I, that mentality kind of carries over into some of the activist work that she does so um Noted again, she's a lesbian. She's known she was a lesbian pretty, I mean, all her life. Um, she's championed LGBTQ causes. Uh, she came out publicly in 2012, uh, which really allowed her to, because she was always an activist. So this allowed her to bring her this activist voice and her personal life that she was kind how of how old hiding. is she? About she's 35, um, uh, six. Okay. Wow. So she was in her mid 20s when she yeah, came yeah. out. Uh, And so uh, she, where's my notes? Um, So she's now a partner. um, I mean, since she's been out, she's been very public about her relationships. She's currently in a relationship with uh, WNBA player Sue Bird. And together, they were the first gay couple to be featured on ESPN Magazine's um, Hmm. body issue feature. So, which is normally you have, like, they
2: Wait, the body issues feature?
0: (laughs) Well, it's a way for. I could be on that one. Athletes and their spouses, to to or partners rather, to uh, you know, appear on this article. They're both like ripped people, and so um, you know, uh, Megan and Sue were were on the on this in this feature article together, displaying their ripped bodies. So which is cool, Woof. like as a as a lesbian couple. I'm interested. I'm I'm waiting for the the male gay couple.
2: Well, we know what we ripped then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tell us some more, Kendall. <laughs> the
2: <bottle>. Rosebud.
0: <laughs>
2: the rosebud? This is
1: when we need an editor. Yeah.
0: What is a rosebud again?
1: I don't know. Kendall's trying to explain to me.
0: But she's going to be 35. Because she was born in 1985.
1: So she's
2: 34. Even younger. You well, know. I mean,
0: we're celebrating her 35th birthday. She can run for president. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if she ran for Well, it's our
2: obligation day. when we hit 35 to do that anyway. To run for president? Mm-hmm. Are you going
1: to do that when you hit
2: 35? Thank you for not assuming it wasn't 10 years ago.
1: Shit, I assume it's 25 years from now. You look so young.
2: Thank you. And other LGBTQ
0: first, Megan was the the first openly gay athlete to be featured on Sports Illustrated's uh, swimsuit issue. So Mm. um, not only was that, that issue has turned from spank bank for boys to spank bank to lesbian girls. So, no. What do you? What is, is it called? Spank bank for girls. Spank bank for boys. What is, What did Martha call it? She used to call it her clickbait. Now what was it? What's the term for that? Spank bank for boys. Uh huh. Maybe don't know.
1: we need slang bang in season yeah. two. season two. Can't we'll bring some back. Research. <laughs> um,
0: Obviously, she's been a... I mean, as an out lesbian, she looks lesbian. I don't mean look... But she's got the short hair, so people... Things... Features people would ascribe to um, uh, a lesbian. Of course, she's, they stereotype. She's got those... She's a soccer player. She's an athlete. She's cocky. Like, she's got that aspect. So she can't shrug it yeah. off. So she's very vocal. She's not trying to hide anything. She's... Wait, she came um, out in
1: 2012? Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so very, um, very vocal from an LGBTQ standpoint, but in that struggle, she has come to appreciate that it's like, it's not just an LGBTQ issue. It's a racial issue. It's a women's issue. So um, I mentioned earlier, she was the first athlete, like first prominent athlete to kneel during the national anthem. So after Colin Kaepernick did, no one, no one joined him in, in kneeling. They were like, oh, I'm gonna stay away from that and she Yeah, she
2: was the main, if not the only one. Yeah, well, Good not the for only one. Awesome.
0: So you've got this white lesbian woman, she's like, you know, it's um, and people praised her, obviously she got a lot of shit for it. Yeah. But she's like, It's it's I'm not a hero. She's like, It's the least I could do, like as a white person of yeah. privilege, like that I could could do this. Uh and uh I mean she what she said was, like, being a gay American, I know what it means to look at the flag and not have it protect all of your liberties. It was something small that I could do and something that I plan to keep doing in the future and hopefully spark some meaningful conversation around it. I mean, we have talked, I don't know, explicitly about—we uh, have not talked explicitly about, like, the kneeling of during the, the national anthem. I don't know if you have any thoughts around that. I support it fully. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean— in my here's what the kneeling is like the national anthem and the american flag stand for kind of what we talked about in season one's july 4th episode of you know really america was founded for and still largely is for like straight white people mm-hmm, upper yeah. class people um I mean, I, I do feel like given everything that's gone on the last month or two with George Floyd and the protests, it kind of just proves there is still inequality. And that's the most – not passive, but it's like
0: – It's passive. It's peaceful. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a it, peaceful it, it, the protest. The most
1: peaceful way you can do is just say, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to get anyone's face. I'm just going to, like, not uh, celebrate when you do that. And there's all this backlash. And, you know, I, f- I feel people – that are against it are kind of like, you hate every single aspect of our country. And I don't think they do. I don't think Colin Kaepernick hates every aspect of our country. I, I
0: feel I like it's. the the George W. Bush era, like, um, Reagan did it. We're going to talk about Nancy in a bit. But Reagan did it, and George W. Bush solidified it. Like, if you're not with my agenda... Then, especially after 9-11. eleven, you're completely anti-American. If you if you don't care about my agenda, think hate, they own America. Then you hate America. You hate the military. Those there's poor service members out there doing that, and you just you hate God too. And yeah. it's like whoa, like I don't agree with your agenda yeah. because you're discriminating against gay people. You don't want gay people to get married or black people to have equal rights. Uh, or you have a you fucked up immigration say? policy. Like I don't, and I'm not talking about open borders. I'm just talking about like. This, you know, like DACA recipients, like those sorts of things. Like, you have a fucked up view on your policies. And doesn't mean I hate the troops. I, I love the troops. I mean, they're defending our freedoms, right? I mean, yeah. not all of them are perfect, but they, they're doing something that I'm definitely not doing, right? Yeah. Uh, and so they're risking their lives so that we can have freedom. So I get that. Me kneeling is not a, a disrespect to those military folks. And I know there are some members that feel that way. I feel like there are also a, a large number of folks like, I fight for your right to do that by me going out. It's and fighting the most terrorism. American
2: thing you can do. Right. I love this country and it needs to change. Yeah. But once you tell people they're required to pledge allegiance to a flag, stand up to a flag, put their heart across it and say something that they've been brainwashed to say, you're that's not freedom. Yep. That's pressure. That's do this or else you're a threat to our country. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, kneeling is a very peaceful, easy thing to do that can also threaten so many people that it puts your life in danger, which is what it has done. I
0: just remember so many friends getting ticked off about. It. I was like, I can't believe they're disrespecting the flag. It's like but it's, it's not. not about, the flag. No, he it's never
2: said the, it was about the flag. And it's not it has nothing to do people. with the flag, and it's not even. I mean, but they, that's what you do. That's what you do when you try to control other people from getting too uppity and out there. It's what parents do when they pull the moms do it. Great. When you, oh, I can't believe my son is doing, you know, if you come out of the closet, for example. I can't believe my son is doing this to me. Oh, you know, what, Where did I go wrong? It's a big, giant distraction from no, the issues. And they're not doing it to you. Right. It's a giant discrash, discrash, distraction from the issues. So kneeling at a football game is such an easy task. But it's so much easier to say, get that guy out of here. Silence him. Get him out. He's a destroy son of a Destroy this guy before right. Destroy him before he can be a bigger threat to us because we need everybody to go along with the fact that whites are wonderful and don't rock the boat and the power structure that's in place should remain white. It's all wrapped into a big, nice little white supremacy bowl bow which is what this country has been founded on.
0: No, I totally agree. I like I, is
2: the truth. So anytime you go against white supremacy, you're a radical revolutionary, and that's what you have to do, because yes, guess what? To those Republicans that say we were founded as a Christian nation, absolutely we were. We were founded to benefit white Christian men, straight men only. Period. Yeah. So if you're not one of those, or even if you are one and you have some compassion Land-owning. for people,
0: because <laughs> if you were poor, they didn't want you either. Correct. Yeah, you I couldn't was even be say poor. A upper class.
2: But you, if you're not one of those you would they never thought of you you did not exist do you think the people that wrote the constitution were ever thinking about anyone that didn't look like them ever no period no so we have two options we can either go with the original thinking of why this country was founded for people that looked that, that spoke english that believed in christianity you know it's such a very small little orb of people or you can say no the i the point of the country was freedom, was economic opportunity. It was to start a new life and and do whatever we want to. And and, and any, we any, we have chosen to say that is includes every single person. Yeah. But I mean, in in the text, the country was never founded for anybody and, other than in, white people. In, in, period. In the,
0: in the purest form of the text, I mean, you could say it's open to everybody. Like we the people, you know, all yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, culturally,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, but, but they say believe all men are created equal uh, yeah. so you know it's kind of like the bible when but, you say i mean
0: i would argue, i would argue men from a i'm i'm not saying i'm latin but i'm saying from a like a in latin it's like it's you don't have a gender neutral language it's you defer to the masculine right so i feel like it's not men and women just because that was a part of the right you're saying men all includes inclusive, women yeah but i mean but, but, they, obviously so, the but was, they obviously weren't but they obviously
2: weren't thinking about native americans or no, black Americans, or even women,
1: fully because they couldn't vote. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't know. I, I feel that um, the the national anthem, like kneeling during the national anthem, was never a a to me a, uh, an affront to the military. Um, yeah, n- I agree. Uh, it, and I didn't. I guess I knew it, but I didn't fully appreciate it. But until like uh, you had a couple of weeks ago. Um, Drew Brees talking about like I will never respect anyone who kneels through, through you know on the, against the flag because my grandfather's fought in World War II, and it was like a reminder. I'm like,
2: oh, because yeah, they were drafted.
0: No, no, but there were African American soldiers that went, and that's what. And I would yeah. had this conversation with family members recently. And I'm like, they're like, well, it's like, it's for the military, and I'm like, yeah, but in World War II, because they're like, I don't know why he had to apologize because Drew Brees did come back and apologize. It's like because. His grandfathers had uh, people in the cohort that were African-American who came back and were hung. Uh, they were lynched. They were discriminated. They had to sit at the back but of the bus. But to be honest,
2: they were hung when they went. <laughs> no,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> you, can't,
0: you can't say that. <laughs> uh, too much to real. Different. But we don't have an editor. You're talking about a different kind of hung. Oh, okay, Not that kind of hung. Um, so <laughs> let me just clarify. <laughs> You're talking about them.
1: Oh
0: and we're talking about being lynched. Not the same thing. Oh fuck. Um yes. <laughs> right. So um yes. My <laughs> my point being like they, they you know, people came back, African American soldiers came back uh from war and they were they were lynched. They were discriminated against. They had to sit at the back of the bus. And then, then you see people like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's true. And I'm like, those are different realities from yeah. the war- decorated war hero who came and back. Even like,
1: in, and they all risked their lives. And even in the military, like have you heard of the Buffalo Soldiers, Buffalo Soldiers where, you know, originally black people weren't allowed in the military. And then when they were, it was like they could be. You know, like work in the cafeteria or whatever. And then when they're like, no, we want to fight. And it was during World War Two that they needed people. So they're like, OK, we'll let." so we'll let black people in. Well, all of the war took place in Europe where it's like, you know, hills and it's grassy. So they sent uh, white people to like the northeast to train in the United States. They sent black people to like Arizona where the terrain is nothing like that. And then when there were operations where they were like, okay, we know we're going to lose people. Like, as soon as we start this operation, the first people in are going to die. But then that'll create confusion. Then we, So they would purposely send the Buffalo Soldiers in first, and then majority of them would die. But then the scuffle started, and then the white people would go in to like, save their lives. Which is so, freaking yeah. insane. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. And it was everything. a strategic decision by yeah. the government. Yeah.
0: And that's been happening for decades yeah. And, yeah, so when people are like, oh, but my grandfather, I'm like, I respect your grandfather, and I appreciate what your grandfather did, but your grandfather, when he came back, did not appreciate his colleagues who, at the t- he made them sit at the back of the bus. He made them, you know, he disrespected them in front of, you know, his wife and children and all that yeah. sort of stuff. He didn't give them equal access to employment or to loans or to anything so that he could improve his life. So that stuff makes me angry. Yeah. And I think what's happened... Like some of this is, has always been in the back of my mind, but now that, and that am I again? My I said this a couple of weeks ago like my dad and my grandmother have like it's different now because you have white people talking about it and that yeah. that weren't talking about it before, they just let it happen. He's like, This is just something, this is just something that always happened, and it's like, so I mean, and again, I'm skeptical too because what was like, your family talking about?
2: What was their discussion about it?
0: Uh, it's less about the kneeling of the flag, but more so just kind of all the Black Lives Matter Protest. uh, protests and that are coming out. I mean, in that in that regard, though, the Black Lives Matter protests, you have you uh, the NFL, the women's uh, the. Um, the U.S. Soccer League coming out and saying reversing their opinion because when Megan Rapino, back on our topic when she uh, uh was kneeling during the national anthem they actually changed the rules to saying you cannot do that oh really and so yeah. uh, so she you know had to reconcile that over time eventually she went back to play but um yeah those were the some of the things that were, were going down
1: does she um because isn't there a big issue the last few years about how men's soccer players get paid way more than women. Yes, Does she so, get involved in that?
0: Thank you for the segue. Yes. Uh, so oh. her her other thing was just women's rights, right? So she's been a, a again a visible advocate for LGBTQ rights, for uh, standing for equality, standing with uh, our our African American brothers and sisters, uh, but also for women. And so she helped kind of lead, like was the vocal piece of, and she wasn't, she, to her credit, she's like, I'm not, wasn't the only one in this, but she's like, I had a platform. People knew me, they knew my pink hair, so I could be the loud one. And I had no problem doing with that, yeah. doing that. So yeah, she led the charge, uh, on, at least visibly on pay parity with, uh, uh, for women's soccer, trying to get, uh, equal pay for what they were doing. Uh, versus men's soccer they filed the lawsuit in March 2019 again World Cup was in 2019 in June 2019 so they filed this lawsuit as they were preparing to go to the the World Cup um, and, and kind of what I don't want to say but sparked it but was they knew they were gonna go in and be a dominant force in the World Cup 2019 2018 was the men's World Cup they didn't play well at all yeah uh, they didn't even qualify for the World Cup so they're like okay this has got to stop. We cannot continue to be paid differently than our male counterparts. Uh, they they said they have been paid consistently less than their male counterparts. Um, and even though their performance was better, I yeah. mean, again, they were winning World Cups and the men had the men haven't ever won yeah, the yeah. World Cup. Uh, so, uh, and they credit Megan for saying, Hey, look, you know, we were content to like have this argument about, you know, pay parity after the World Cup, after we won. Um, but you know, Megan to her credit, you know, she's got this free, she's had this platform for years because she knelt, she, she kneeled, she, she was a famous soccer player, um, that she, she kind of pushed us out of our comfort zone. She's like, she, she was able to speak her mind in a way that we didn't feel we had uh, a right to do. Uh, so when they won in 2019, um, you know, what kind of spurred this, uh, the, the, the court uh, actions in motion. But after they win the World Cup in 2019, you've got the fans in France that are che- that are chanting, equal pay, equal pay. So, I mean, they feel like the momentum's at their back. Um, and then then in, earlier this year, in 2020, uh, the U.S. soccer president, uh, he even says, hey, not in their, like, stubbing the toe of the the U.S. Soccer League is in the, the plaintiffs are not entitled, the women's soccer league, the, uh, they're not entitled, or the, the women's soccer team, they're not entitled to summary judgment on Equal Pay uh, Act claims because uh, a reasonable juror could conclude that the job of the men's uh, national team, uh, they require materially different skills and more responsibility than the
1: women's team. Isn't it the exact same thing? They're playing soccer. Right.
0: But he's like, well, the, that, that was a women's point. They're like, okay, you're going to tell us we're not being discriminated against when you've got this, the president of uh, the, U.S. soccer saying, oh, but men are different. And they're like, yeah, well, we're the ones winning. <laughs> and yeah. it's the same thing. Uh, you know, they were like you, their jobs, they're, they're different jobs. It just cannot be compared. Um, So they they were... That's so crazy. And just to put into context, like the world... So a men's player who made the World Cup team, they would make uh, $68,000 plus. A women's player would make $37,000. A woman... uh, So if you're playing... Um, like So if you're on the men's soccer team uh, and you, you win a game, if you lose a game, for if you win a game, you get a bonus, both for men and women, although the bonus is noticeably different by like $4,000. But if you're on the men's team, uh, you still get a payment of like $5,000 if you lose. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the women's team, you get nothing. nothing so you is. show up, play this game, and you lo- you've you got to travel there, and yeah. you lose. Um, on May 1st of this year, though, the court decided they rejected the, the women's claim, saying... A, and, and legally I get it. We've talked about this before. They're saying you are under a collective bargaining agreement. Like you bargained for these terms, so you can't come back and say we're being discriminated against yeah. because you bargained for. I mean, you bargained for these terms, so I get it in that way. But the women are like they're resolute. They're like we're not going to stop fighting. I mean, this case is somewhat continuing in the sense because they're. Uh, they're also saying that um, the staffing and the travel uh, arrangements paid for that are outside of the contract, um, uh, so we're getting a little legalese here, but they're saying they're, they're being discriminated against because the men have better travel accommodations. They, alf- they also have better staffing support. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, I've kind of had in the back of my head and, and doing the research, I'm like, okay, this, this makes more sense to me because I'm like, look – if the men are gonna pull in ten million dollars and women are only gonna pull in a million dollars, like it stands to reason that you can't have the same pay structure. Like it, it to me it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But they're like, hey, if if the men get twelve marketing people on their on their side to advocate for, you know, the games and whatnot and the women only get one, then we're at we're not at well, on equal footing, right? So if you gave us twelve, well maybe we could earn Pull in ten million dollars for these games, and ten million is just an example. But yeah, uh, that was a big aha for me because I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you didn't have equal staffs to go, you know, after the same audience. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, yeah. so um, I mean, so that case is still on. But again, you think about Megan; she has stood up for LGBTQ rights. She's been a pioneer in that regard. Um, she's she stood up for you know uh, the rights of minorities. Uh, she's standing up for the rights of women. I mean, she really understands that there's this intersectionality and in that, that she, she has a role to play as a, as a white woman. Um, albeit a lesbian to, to speak up. Um, you know, she's, she thinks she may have another world cup and Olympics in her. I mean, she would have been in the Olympics this year, but obviously that got canceled because mm-hmm. of COVID. Um, I just would part with kind of some, a, a quote that kind of stood out, uh, to me from, from Megan. She said, the more I've been able to learn about gay rights and equal pay and gender e- equity and racial inequality the more that it it all intersects we need to talk about a larger conversation in this country about inequality in general and respect especially with recent election and subsequent narrative that's coming from the white house right now so obviously she has no problems punching at uh donald trump but also recognizes like i do appreciate
1: her tongue punching so outspoken on what she cares about you know and um because i mean somebody like her who women don't make as much as men in soccer, um, she's taken a career risk by kneeling, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's like, she's not black. I mean, she's doing that for other people. And so the fact that she's like, yeah, I'm putting... Because, I mean, look what happened with, like, Colin Kaepernick, Michael Sam. They're black, they're out, whatever. And they it ruins their career, right? So, I mean, she's taking a risk by kneeling. And she did it. So... Kudos to her.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I like I said, I have uh, I've more woke on Megan than I was last year when I was made some snide comments. Uh, so, um, which is again part of the benefit of this yeah. podcast. I think Listen we learned. That's awesome. I, I mean, just on that note, I will say I don't know if he listens, but there's an Instagram follower who corrected me. I had a couple of uh, uh, typos during our post last week, but notably, I used the word transgendered, um, and that is not a word. Uh, which I did not fully appreciate. We, we had a conversation about it, but I was like, oh, is it transgender or transgendered? Because I was talking oh, about Oh, he them, messaged remember. you. Yeah, it was a comment saying transgendered is not a word, and it was very nice about it. So please correct it. And I, I'm saying this because I, initially when I read it, I was like, frick, like someone was critiquing my work, and I'm like, I know I've done the research on it, but I hadn't done the research well enough. Um, and it was important for me to like step back and like where's this person coming from They were nice about it they weren't even if they were y- are yelling about it I guess I I mean I still need to recognize I need to come to yeah. where this person is and much like you know this example with Megan or this transgender pers- person transgender person it is a matter of like me making sure I take the time to listen to another person's perspective as much as I think I do that or I try to do that um, You know we're always learning so um so kudos to megan rapino kudos to this transgender person who who you know spoke up and said you know you gotta address me by the right or us us by the right term so um so i you know i use this podcast as continual learning so thank you for letting me talk about megan and trying to um really fully appreciate everything that she's done for women african americans Uh, minorities and and lgbtq LGBTQ community. Yeah. All right. Tony, you want to?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm going to talk about uh, a senator from the 1950s, Senator Lester Hunt. Hey, before you do that, can we? That's right. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Economy Works. Economy Works believes in the power of connection.
0: If you're a company that needs project support to tackle your to-do list, like benchmarking, analysis, meeting facilitation or hiring, or whatever you have on your to-do list, EconomyWorks wants to connect you with its talent network. The talent network has over 800 years of experience and growing in HR, marketing, IT, accounting, and other specialties. EconomyWorks, when we work, the economy works. Find out more at EconomyWorks.com. That's e-c-o-n-o-m-i-w-o-r-k-s.com. I'm grateful that I finally spaced out those letters that I can spell it better, because before they blurred together, and I'm like, how do you spell that?
1: Wow, progress. Which,
0: again, you would think, as the founder of that company I two would, years ago or more, <laughs> I would know how to spell it,
2: but whatever. Next, we're going to space out the eyebrows.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whoa, not... shade. yeah No, I'm just kidding. Like, no wonder you always want to cut him out of the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can we cut that out of the podcast? Can we cut Yikes.
1: Kendall out of the no, podcast? No, we were
0: going to keep, we're going to have this real conversation about my unibrow.
1: I I bitch, I have a bigger or more of a unibrow than he does.
0: I don't have a wow. unibrow.
1: You don't have a unibrow. Where's have, that shade coming from? Plenty yeah. of
0: family members that have a unibrow. I think you might have had just two minutes. No, never mind. We'll go there. It's like that that bl- blurred line. Oh, my God. All right. I we'll do gotta, feel,
1: I was just noticing today, I was like, because like every day I get thinner and thinner in my head, you know? It's like balding, balding. And today I'm like, but my, my eyebrows are really thick, obviously. I'm like Italian. So I'm like... Mm. But those are like... Don't get thinner at all. So I'm going to be like this bald guy that has these massively thick eyebrows. I'm with That's you, sexy, Tony. though. Oh, well.
0: Mm. There you go. Yeah. You know what they say about thick eyebrows.
1: Uh, it's true. I'll tell you right. Listeners, it's true. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> More fishers.
0: Mm-hmm. Tony. Tony. <laughs> Now that we know about your thick eyebrows, why don't you talk to us about this? So
1: today I'm going to talk about uh, Senator Lester Hunt, who was a senator in the 1950s from Wyoming. So he was born this week. He was born July 8th in 1892. And although he wasn't gay, his son was gay. And because of his son's sexuality, it pretty much... um, it ended his career and pretty much ended his life, which is kind of a crazy story. Wow. Like, how
0: so, gay are you that you not only end your own life, but you end your dad's life?
1: Yeah. Well, it wasn't him. So, basically, so uh, Lester Hunt, he was uh, originally a dentist, and then he got into politics. He lived in Wyoming. He was uh, in the Wyoming state legislature. He was... Wyoming Secretary of State, he was Wyoming's governor, and then he was elected uh, senator from Wyoming. He's uh, pretty famous within the state for the buck and bronco that's on their license plate. He actually came up with that. Huh. Um, but he was a really down-to-earth guy, a really good guy that just everybody loved. He had very high approval ratings as a politician. Everybody really liked him. So he was a senator in the early 50s in the McCarthy era, and He and McCarthy really butted heads. So, um, you know, McCarthy was trying to expunge a lot of people from the government, you know, anybody who was different, communist, including LGBT people. And uh, Lester Hunt, he just felt McCarthy was making up a lot of stuff to just go after people for no reason. It was like a witch hunt in a lot of ways. So, anyways, they pretty... uh, Didn't really see eye-to-eye on a lot of stuff. They were pretty combative. So in June of 1953, Lester Hunt's son was arrested for cruising in Lafayette Park in Washington, D.C. Been there, done that. Wait. Have you? Just kidding. Mm, Kidding, not kidding, one of those things? Just kidding. So his son was arrested, and at the time—
0: I wasn't cruising because no one picked me up.
1: Oh. That's because cops didn't do sting operations at that time. So you went out there with dirty knees? (laughs) Oh, God. Here I am the middle child again with these two (laughs) having their ex-lovers quarrels on Mike. It's like it's not cruising if that one reciprocates, huh? Anyways. (laughs) Uh, So his son got arrested, and it was a police sting operation. Um, And at that time, typically—and his son was pretty young. so He was in college. And so if you were young— the police didn't really press charges. What they did is they brought you back to your family and they told the family and it's kind of like, hey, deal with this. They they really kept it quiet to give the family an opportunity to kind of take care of it. So McCarthy and re- other Republican senators found out about this and the Senate was evenly divided. It was uh, pretty much 50-50. So they went to him and they said, you're going to resign from the Senate or we're going to like uh blow this up in the news and he said i'm not going to do that and he was worried about his family but he was also i'm not going to give mccarthy control of the senate because um if he would have resigned the republican governor from wyoming would have appointed a republican who would have put the republican in for the rest of his term and then there was a republican incumbent and so it would have turned the uh control of the senate and he was not going to do that so so wait was he what kind of democrat was he was he like a
0: a new democrat or was he a democrat that was like you know with well, the southern democrats used to I mean uh i'm drawing a blank on this uh strom Thurmond used to be a democrat yeah. right uh, no this guy was pretty liberal Robert he was Bird he was pretty and so he
1: was very anti-mccarthy where it's like you're Creating witch hunts after these people. Um.
0: I say that because you know the Republicans love to say, "Oh, it was it was the it was the Republicans that freed slavery. It was the the Democrats who who started the KKK." And it's like, mm, technically, yes. Yeah. But that's not; those parties are not the same. Yeah, I mean, the Democrats of today are not the KKK founders or the uh, institutionalist slaveholders like of of the you know eighteen fifties yeah, yeah. and sixties. So yeah, uh, so that's why I ask. So. yeah,
1: so yeah, so I don't know where he stood on a lot of issues, but most people you know say he was like uh, he was very popular. He was very moral. Uh, you know, just very likable. So. Um, They basically wanted him to resign, and he said, no, I'm not going to do that. So McCarthy and a couple of other senators, they went to the head of the morals division at uh, the D.C. Police Department and said, you will prosecute this kid. And he said, no. He said, we don't do this on the first offense. We just let the family handle it. And they said, no, like your job is on the line. You'll prosecute him or else. Wait,
0: can we – I'm sorry. Can we pause here for a second because your first offense of – what was the charge? Cruising, cruising. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna let the family deal with it. Like, you're not gonna get. I mean, and I also wonder if it was different between a white you know, oh, son I'm sure. of a senator yeah. versus a uh, a black drag queen or you know trans person. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it just we can going let the, like, it just tells you going back to like, in some instance you can be like, Oh, it's nice yeah. because you hear and not again, not that DWIs are good, but it's just like, you hear the people are like, Oh, back in the day we used to, you know, the cops would laugh at us and just tell us to sleep it off and let us go. and and now someone who gets pulled over for DWI gets shot and, you know, in Georgia. Yeah. Right. Um, so it tells you kind of where we've come from. Oh, no. Yeah. And, but, like
1: where I got this story was a book that I'm reading and, um, Essentially D.C. at the time, gay bars were illegal and cops were, you know, assholes to the gay community. But inner city D.C., there were a couple of bars where if you were kind of like white upper class, you could hang out and they didn't say anything. Um,
0: when we went to when we moved to D.C., that area, I mean, we didn't live in D.C., but we were 10, 12 miles from D.C., our home. uh we Kendall of course, <laughs> well, always Kendall. I say that and and you, you were dancing fault. and uh, and we got we got stopped. Like someone who was like he was dancing with someone else stopped Kendall and like you can't like they panned on shoulder like you can't dance. This is not a permitted place to dance. Like oh, this that was New York. No, it was in, in in D.C. It was JR's in D.C. They're like it was two thousand nine. Oh, yeah. They're like two thousand nine. Like you like really? You would think like how but. And by the time we left in two thousand and fifteen, it was a different story like people were dancing like we yeah. had to go to the gay Pride parade, and no problem or when Spencer and I went two thousand eighteen like dancing all over the place but in two in two thousand and nine d c which you would think is a very liberal city, which it is um even still had like ordinances on the books where these bars were like nope that 's just a you can't dance yeah, yeah. there. It's just a bar. It's just it's a, a bar. bar. So yeah. Um, so when you talk about like the gay bars, what they were in the 1950s, I can't even imagine like yeah what that situation was like.
1: Yeah. No, and it was literally a bunch of professionals having cocktails. Right. Was, yeah. Um, in the front room, in the back room. Yeah. So these Republicans, you know, forced the police to prosecute him. And so he was prosecuted. Uh, I mean, he had to pay a $500 fine. His dad stood by him through the trial and, you know, paid the fine for him. So then when he was up for re-election, they, again, approached him and they said, you will not seek re-election. And he said, no, I'm going to do this. Because, again, he, he was very popular um, He in Wyoming. And uh, when he was running for re-election... Um, he pretty much had 54% of the vote, and the next, out of all the other people running, the next person had 16% like polls. And so, um, but they said, if you don't drop out of the race, we will um, smear you. We will basically say that you bribed the police to not prosecute your son, which is why it took your son so long to get prosecuted after the incident. And we will send flyers to everybody in Wyoming you know telling them what your son did and you know in the 1950s if you were gay you were a pedophile i mean like if you were, especially if you got caught cruising in the city park and so um it weighed on him and y'all
0: keep pointing at me because i was talking about my nephew's graduation party they were all 18 so and there was no cruising all right so wait y'all, what happened to your nephew's graduation y'all calm down yeah, what happened to your nephew y'all calm down what happened to your nephew they were all 18 and they were over they were le- of oh legal age. We
1: weren't even talking oh, about. No, that. I saw you pointing at me. As soon as we start talking about the orgy, he talks about his nephew's graduation. Right. Party. Y'all stop. <laughs> twenty twenty. Your was mom listened to this. Yeah. You did not. Y'all stop. <laughs> anyway, did
0: I offer to buy them beer? No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Yes, all jokes. shots. All like, jokes. <laughs> you guys want to take shots? They're like, what?
1: Why is he giving us like no. our eighth shot of fireball? He's <laughs> like. You're not, you're not driving home. You are staying in this house. <laughs> Rim oh, there's no room. Only. The room I'm staying in, there's plenty of room. Oh,
0: yeah. No, I've got extra. It's, they, they, I'm staying in a queen-size bed. Like, we can... four of us Eight of us together. can yeah, easily get a queen-size bed. It's ambitious. Uh, Tony, no. That didn't happen. That's <laughs> gross.
1: That's not what <laughs> but
0: I heard. That is a... I, I mentioned that because these guys are were... No one on the podcast that's listening to the podcast could see it, but there was a little bit of snicker and pointing as, a, as Tony was mentioning that, only because I mentioned I did go to my nephew's graduation party, and I can't believe he's 18, but I was like, oh, these boys are 18. Like, that's, yeah, that's
1: hot. I
2: mean, <laughs> Tony, have you ever met a guy and you're like, I can't believe you're 18?
0: No, it was gross. It was kind of like, but they were at the same time, they were like, they were. It a turn off. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It was just a weird situation because they were, they were, mm, they were flexing they into it. and being. <laughs> it they were flexing weird. in front of you. Not in front of me, but they were like, oh, we're boys. And I'm like, y'all are, it was, to me, it was just they like. They were advertising. It was, he was like, not in front of me. It was a realization that they were like, these are going to be like. Those straight college boys that you're kind of like, oh man, y'all are
1: one beer away. Which is why you were bringing all those shots. <laughs> that
0: is not what I was thinking. I'm like, you're going to be those straight people that were all the time like, oh, straight people. No offense to the straight people. Not any, not any of the straight people that listen to this podcast. Uh, no, they're all like great. a bro type. Uh, yeah, you mom the, But the bro types that were like, oh, you're going to be one of those bros. And then I was like, oh, you're you're old enough to be a bro now that we're like, hmm. Because before they were just kids. I think that's now that I'm talking through
1: this. So and now in three months, they're going to be in college and a bro. Yeah. And by three, I mean like next month. It's like a month, and yeah. then I'm like,
0: "Oh man, you used to be little babies, and now you're a bro." And I'm like, "I couldn't. I think that's the thing. It's like I couldn't look at them like that. It was just, it was like, but I'm like, feasibly they could be. I mean, but I'm like, oh, you little, they're bros. It's
1: Thomas is like, I was just in college, what a waste, a year or two ago, you know, what a waste. Was it a waste?
0: <laughs> I wasted. No, I'm kidding. That did not happen. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. No, no.
1: Kendall's skeptical.
0: No, no, I twenty uh, as y- as young as I go.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, Lester Hunt, he um, he finally succumbed to the pressure. And actually, Eisenhower said, "Look, because they were all in on this." He said, "Look, I'll if you don't run for re-election, I will offer you a paid position where you don't have to deal with this, uh, you know, potential like." Baggage with your family, you know, that's going to be put out there. Um, So in June of 54, he decided, he announced, he said, I will not run for re-election. A few days later, he uh, went to the Capitol on a Saturday, and he had a gun with him. So he was, and it's interesting, he had a bunch of papers in one arm, a gun in the other, and he was... So
0: this is the the senator. The sitting senator.
1: Yep, sitting senator. Yep and very popular senator um I, I as if he would have run for re-election i'm pretty sure he would have uh or if he would have run he would have won um very popular likable guy because after the original incident they did throw it in the media but it never really took off i i think his reputation you know uh exceeded like the, the baggage and so they tried to smear him but it didn't work and so they said look we'll tell them that you bribed the cops that you know we'll send pamphlets to everybody in Wyoming and he had already had some like you said uh, some notable friction like he probably gained some press
0: because he was butting heads a little bit with McCarthy who was yeah. the the right Donald Trump of the time like I mean yeah. he wasn't the president obviously but I would say Ted Cruz but I mean everyone's getting swamped by yeah
1: like, and his Trump. thing was it just seemed very hateful and I mean He paid people to testify against – so if there was, like, somebody he was trying to get rid of, he would pay people to testify against them, and it was stuff that wasn't true. And that's why I feel like –
0: Here's why I I doubt Donald Trump's intelligence because part of me, I was saying earlier, like, I think he's smart enough to, like, do these things. He's just not smart enough to, like, do – like, to be that manipulative. Like, he's – he knows, like, oh, this will get attention, but he's not smart enough to execute – the, the which is scary, because now, you know what? There's someone coming behind him that's going to be smart enough to do all, yeah, all of that. So, yeah,
1: this is why you need to vote, folks. Yeah, because I feel like somebody like McCarthy, he paid these people to go before you know Capitol Hill and act like, no, this is true. This is yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, Lester Hunt. He a few days after he announced that he would not seek re-election— he uh, went to the Capitol to go to his office, and um, he was actually struggling to get through the doors, and so the security guard came, and he said, let me help you, and he actually, the security guard held the gun while he could get through the doors, I guess, you know, different era, and... Um,
0: is it that different, though? It's like, some of these these state capitals have people with guns all the time. Yeah, true. America.
1: Um, so, he went to his office, and he shot himself in his Senate office, and... He was rushed to the hospital, but he died a couple hours later.
0: In Wyoming? In the, the U.S.? U.S.
1: Capitol. He was a U.S. Senator. He, he was at the U.S. Capitol, went to his office, shot himself in the U.S. Capitol. And he died? Like Yeah. So he, he was rushed uh, to the hospital, but he died a couple hours later. Did,
0: um, didn't you used to work at the Capitol, Kendall?
2: I did. I worked amongst the Capitol, yes.
0: Amongst the Capitol.
2: Did you ever know about this story? No, I've never heard about yep. it. So... But I will say... So, when I worked at the Capitol, I was a journalist. No, for real. You were, yeah. And yeah. I would cover uh, business congressional meetings. And I covered them in a way that was like, I, I knew all about them because I was a political junkie, history nerd. So I saw them all on news. And then when you see them in person, there's something very sad about it because they're playing a character that they mm. formulated that they've like made up in their head, whether it be the strong crusading conservative or the bleeding heart, you know, I care for everybody. Everything they do is for that character's uh, personality. okay. I should say. So there's something very interesting and fascinating about working in the Capitol. There's also something very sad you know, because it's like they're always on a Hollywood audition. Mm-hmm. This is the person I'm trying to be. This is the person well, they I'm are. I mean, to be.
0: I, I liken politicians, entrepreneurs, and actors all to the, They're all working for the next gig. You're yeah. hustling constantly. You can never, you can never. I mean, politicians. I mean, the house reps. Think about those folks. Like from the moment they're elected,
1: they're always running. For they're re-election. running for the next reelection yeah. two
0: years later. I mean, yeah. and actors the same way. It's like the, you've got to. Even if you make this blockbuster movie, that's six months of filming. Yeah. You got to fight the same thing. Trust me, as an entrepreneur, you're never sleeping. Like these yeah, yeah. things are just. That's part of. I, I get it. I mean, it doesn't make you a good person or a bad person. It's just part of what you're doing, and yeah. you got to play the part. So.
1: Yeah, so he shot himself, died within a couple of hours, and um, after that, you know, because through this whole process, because it was a year earlier that his son got arrested, um, he had told a couple of, you know, reporters, he said, yeah, these guys are strong-arming me because of what happened, and um, so they basically exposed these people. They said, look, you know, these Republican senators were after him, and they really pressured him, and This, and they said, no— He had health issues that he didn't want to face. And two weeks before he died, he went to the doctor and got a clean bill of health. So it was like, you know, his thing was he felt if he ran for reelection, his wife didn't have the stamina and health to go through it. He was worried about her health. And he was worried about his son's future. Because as I said, in the 50s, if you were gay, you were a pedophile. I mean, he was worried would his son get a job, you know. So what happened to his son? Uh. Led a normal life, he's married, kids... Married a woman? No. Oh, oh no, no he's, married, a, yeah, a big, he's gay, yeah. Okay. Um, but, so, they pretty much denied everything, and then the police... So, one of the senators that was a key person in strong-arming him to do this, um, he actually gave a eulogy on the Senate floor, and the, the cop that was basically coerced, in, and they made him sign a statement that, no, this didn't happen... Because uh, these reporters said no, they even you know forced this cop to like prosecute his son. He signed a statement saying no, that didn't happen, and he said it turned my stomach when they eulogized him in the Senate because they were responsible for his death, pretty much. Um,
0: politicians on both sides are are gross. I, yeah. I uh, remember listening to an interview recently. There was a uh, former Secret Service agent who wrote a memoir about serving different presidents, Republican and Democrat. And she was like, I remember Barack Obama. And she wasn't necessarily praising him because she served W and I think HW, uh, Clinton uh, as well. So a variety of presidents. But she was like, it was interesting to me because it was the first time I I covered a president. And she's like, I remember Barack Obama, like he shook hands with someone, took a picture. And then he kind of like had this like heavy presence about him after that. And she was like, well, what's the matter, Mr. President? And he's like, yeah, that guy said so many awful things about me, but, you know, you take yeah. the picture, and, yeah. and the guy brought his family and everything, and he's just like, "That's what you do. That's part of politics, yeah, right?" Yeah. So, you, yeah. So that's 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 such a... I I'm surprised that I've never heard that story because I mean yeah. So guy, actually,
1: when it happened in the late '50s, there were a couple people that wrote books about this, but they made them novels. They didn't really write it as nonfiction, so. And then a University, of, uh, Wy- a University of Wyoming professor wanted to write a research paper on it and his family threatened to sue because they said, we want this whole ordeal behind us. Like, we just want to move on. Um, so in 2013, there's a guy, he's, uh, he went to law school, he's been involved in Wyoming politics forever, but he came across this story and had never he had never known it. And so in 2013, he wrote a book called Dying for Joe McCarthy's Sins. And he was really appalled that this isn't even taught in Wyoming state history. Like, they talk about him, but they talk about him as as a great governor, a great secretary of state, a great senator. They don't talk about the fact that he committed suicide. They don't talk about his son being gay, and they don't talk about... And so he wrote a book called um, Dying for Joe McCarthy's Sins. And to raise awareness of the issue... He actually, when his book was published, in order to kind of like promote it and promote the story, he had this big publicized mock trial where McCarthy and these two senators were tried, you know. Um, But it's just great. And that's why I asked Kendall, who do I never even heard of this story? And like I'm reading this book about um, this guy who was basically as part of the McCarthy era – expunged from the government even though we were trying to beat russians into space and he was like this really good astronomer he was excused from the government because he was gay and um lester hunt had two lines in that book and it basically says oh my god all this was going on with mccarthy even senator hunt you know he took his own life because his son was gay and caught cruising
0: i'm also surprised that his son hasn't come out and told the story like especially now like in the last 10 years there you have the runway to do that right and even so like to speak up against the ills of you know the sins of our past yeah to being like hey
1: yeah and i don't know his son's motivations um so you know from what i gathered from a lot of the research i did one of the reasons this story is kind of lost to history is nobody wanted to talk about it like the senators were—they kind of denied it and were like, "Keep it out of the press." His family was like, "We just want to move on," and so they just didn't really want to deal with this. They didn't want—you know—they just wanted to move on and live their life. And so, I don't know if that's his son—his son's motivation is, "I just don't want to deal with this. I just want to like—you know—spend time I, here's, with my family." I can
0: understand. I mean, I get it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's easy for us to be like, "You should talk about it," but. Um as uh he, he's gay right i mean he's a yeah. gay person if it, it'd be different I if agree. he were you know straight and or trying married to a woman and trying to live that life but he's gay like i yeah.
1: it's not to say anyone has an obligation but like i've never heard yeah of him so, I, I agree I, and it as, maybe that he thinks my life is good because i often think kind of the opposite like with hillary clinton you know where she has been under so much scrutiny from like i mean we talk about when she was like first lady of arkansas and it's like you look ugly in glasses get rid of the glasses or your husband's not going to get reelected. you don't want to take his name you have to or he's not going to get elected um and i'm like why in the hell would you put up with i mean yeah everybody wants to make a difference in the world why would you sacrifice that and like everybody knows her husband's a cheater and she's put up with this for like how many years in the public eye all to make a difference and i'm like why would you do that so maybe he's the opposite where he's like i don't want to go through that i know i could make a difference i don't know i don't know anything about um, well
0: like i tried to make it like my dad tried to make a difference and look what that led to him like i don't know is he is he not cute is that why he doesn't want to be a i don't know i'm just kidding sorry that's that's petty
1: well yeah that's my line thomas thank you god (laughs) <laughs> like is he cute is he uh, i didn't even google him that's Come a good point i'm like on, tony the king of like is he cute and i didn't even google like, him. maybe he wasn't cute I'm that's why he's
0: like i don't want to be i don't want to be on the cover of any books all right well that's a crazy story i can't
1: believe isn't it yeah
0: i've never heard like none of us have ever heard that yeah, i mean you would, you've you would done also this research obviously like, but
1: a u.s senator that committed suicide yeah. in the Capitol, people would know about this and that's why you know that guy wrote the book he's like coming from Wyoming in state history you learn all about him you don't learn any of that
0: that's crazy you know yeah I don't know wow Kendall you got another politician up for us to discuss
2: if you want to talk about Nancy uh, Reagan as a politician we Man, can she, okay
0: she was a puppeteer uh, like I mean she was keeping her husband weak She's in her Bernie style
2: so Nancy Reagan was born July 6 1921 my mom's birthday is July 6, 1958, but anyway, not to make it Happy about Happy birthday, Kathy. Uh, and she lived to March 6, 2016. She was born Anne Frances Robbins in New York. But here's the thing about Nancy. She's been lying from the get-go. <laughs> okay. So when she became an actress, she said she was born in 1923. It's not true. She's born in uh, July 6, 1921. Actually,
0: why two years? Why not go like five years or six
2: years? Well, she grew up in the original big Hollywood system to where they wanted them young.
0: She grew up about... She was born about the same time as Judy, huh? Garland?
2: Yeah, actually, Mm -hmm. yeah. They Never competed for the same roles.
0: Because
2: Nancy Reagan was... hmm. So, in 1929... So, her parents divorced in 1928... Uh, She never knew much about her dad at all, and she never really wanted to know much about her dad. She, in 1929, moved to Baltimore, uh, where her mom had married Loyal Davis, who was a surgeon, a very conservative surgeon. And they moved to Chicago uh, in 1929. So, for all intents and purposes, old Nancy Boo is a Chicago girl. Mm Mm-hmm. I was
1: I
0: was watching a YouTube video the other day. They're like, "Intents and purposes" is not like in literal tense.
2: (laughs) Is that what you thought?
0: I didn't think it, but I, as you said it, I was like, I was reminded. Like some people think it's
1: intense. Some people. Well, some people think it's intensive purposes, and it's like no, intense and purposes. Intense. Well,
2: some people will always keep us back. (sighs) Intents and purposes Thank you So she moved to Chicago As a little girl She felt like a little um, Doctor's daughter Here's the thing about Nancy though Is that she always thought so highly of herself She didn't necessarily have the talent To get her there But she was like I have a mom who's ambitious And she married a Surgeon And that makes me a
0: so can we step back as you go well you're gonna dive into Nancy but you have had this long time fascination with the Reagans both yeah I do
2: and I can explain it and
0: we have talked about Ronnie and it's Nancy so I'm glad you're doing this because I feel like this will be therapeutic for you so maybe you can get over this Reagan fascination
2: no the Reagans to me are so empty they're empty vassals that it's, it's that's why I'm fascinated about them. I don't want to. I'm not. It's trying like, to who get, are you? Who are you trying to be? Because you didn't convince me.
0: I'm not trying to get too personal, but do they remind you a little bit of like? Because to me,
2: not my parents. No, I was so. gonna say your
0: grandparents, like your mom's side of the. It's mm. very like we're gonna play these oh, roles. Yes. I'm yeah. the. I'm the. I'm the good supporting wife. I'm the. You know, the husband who does all the. I'm the proud. I build shit and. You know? I do think
1: they loved each other and pro- like it seems like she protected him really.
2: Is oh yeah, did? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, and we'll talk
2: about that. But she graduated from Smith College in nineteen forty eight in drama in English. And not long afterwards in New York she became a Broadway actress. Uh her big breakout debut in New York was she played C Schwann. Yes. She played an Asian woman, a Japanese woman, and the director said you you could pass as oriental, <laughs> yeah, so her first big role was actually as a Asian woman. How wide is that That's crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh she had some success on Broadway and then she moved to l a and in 1949, she signed a 70-year contract uh, with the studio. Not long afterwards, she met Ronald Reagan. Uh, so this is what she did. And so I I read her biography from Kitty Kelly, who's very interesting. Is
1: this the one that didn't paint her in the best light? Yeah, it painted her in accurate light. Okay. This is the one where I and think... she brings her receipts, yeah. Barbara Bush, because she and Barbara Bush didn't like each other. And so Barbara Bush is like, she immediately got a copy of the book, but she put like some kind of wrapping around it, so when she was reading it in the White House, people wouldn't <laughs> know she was reading it. Well, Nancy
2: thought so highly of herself, and she... Look, do the math. M-A-F-F. So, Nancy Reagan got pregnant with... Um, Mm. Their first kid together And she had the kid seven months later So she lied And I know this because you mean I read seven months after the marriage No, seven months Yes, correct yeah. Yes, you're right Because she had to lie and say that it was um, You know, it wasn't what it actually was which She had sex before marriage So she had sex with Ronald Reagan Got pregnant They were forced to get married They got married in someone's living room some other actor in Hollywood at the time, Nancy lied to her own daughter because I read her daughter's, Nancy and Ronald's uh, daughter's biography. And she was like, my entire life I was lied to. And my own mom said to me that when you came out of me, you wouldn't let go of my rib. (laughs) Well, anyone that knows anything about biology knows that a baby can't hold on to a rib and not come out of the vagina. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, but the way Patty Davis wrote her biography, was like, as an adult, this sounds crazy to me. But as a kid, it was like, Oh, look at me. I was, you know, a strong kid, not letting go of that rib. Yeah. But when she wrote the book, she was like, it's absurd that she would say that the book also talks about, or actually this is a different book. How Anne Frances Robbins, Nancy Davis Reagan, uh, lied about her birth date and when she was actually born. So she came into this world very like. Wait, her original, original name is what? Anne Frances Robbins. How did we
0: get Nancy?
2: Well, Nancy is a nickname of Anne. Oh. And then she oh, got ma- yes. she got adopted by N- Loyal Davis. Nancy, it's short for Anne. That's her dad's second, her mom's second how, husband. How does that work? White people. <laughs> white people. That's white math, boo. Nancy, it's short for Anne. So anyway, she became a, an actress in 1949. She actually signed a seven-year contract uh, with a major studio. She didn't really get much. They were like, oh, we're paying you, so we might as well put you in some movies she got in a lot of b movies uh she met ronald reagan in 1952 and their story is always shady because she said he was the president of the screen screen actor Guild at the time Mm -hmm. and she came to him and was like someone thinks i'm communist help me she later admitted that she was just trying to on Get with him, mm-hmm. you know. She she put her eye oh, sight on him. him it was, it was, like, was mm-hmm. dumb, boo. But he was actually really cute. Oh, you he, used
0: to have handsome. such a yeah.
2: He was very handsome. You, you had so? such
0: a. You used to have such a, hard on for him.
2: When you say used to, what do you mean?
0: Do, do you still do?
2: I mean, <laughs> yeah. Wait, y'all are both into old white guys.
0: Uh, I boo's twenty eight.
2: So she met Reagan, married in 1952, uh, and she slowly did acting throughout. But for her, it was like, I just want, I just want to get married. She went to Smith College. Smith College was like one of those colleges that was all about MRS like MRS degrees. Exactly. Thank you.
0: <laughs> MRS.
2: And ironically, by the way, so when she was first lady in... Barbara Bush was second lady. Barbara Bush had started Smith college around that same time and she just dropped out. And that was one of the big things to where she was very insecure about. Oh really? Um, being around. Who Barbara? Nancy Reagan. Uh, yes. Because she didn't actually finish her degree. But back then it was always known that you got the degree just to make yourself attractive to a. That kind of man. A man. Yeah. It was never about actually using your degree. Does that make sense? Yeah yeah it's very sad
0: that is sad i I can't i mean having known so many like when i went to college and 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 now like knowing so many smart women for those women to have like i would have been so mad i mean part of economy works the basis of economy works is bringing those women and men who have left the workforce to be stay-at-home parents and bringing them back into the workforce because I felt like such a like huge loss of like talent that like just left yep. uh, the workforce. So having I had I had a classmates or just friends who were like, I'm only here to get married and that's it. I'm like, but you're so freaking smart! Like do do more work even if it's yeah. part time, even even if it's a project. Like don't leave all of the, just to go get married and be a mom. Which is you know, to- look, I get my sister's a stay at home mom. I get it's a full time job. I understand it. But I'm I also think like there's again, the, the benefit of a company like economy works is like, you can do sort of small projects here and there and bring all your smarts and your talents. Like don't do that. Don't sacrifice it just for a man. Cause I feel like there's a lot of, there was a lot of that during the, was, this when was Nancy the 40s? was like, Oh, well I just want to get married. Yeah. Which is again, a stay at home parent. I have no plenty of moms who are, who are stay at home parents and they're great. And that's a full, that is a full time job. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm like, that should, hmm there's so many smart people out there that that just decide to go like be parents, and I'm like, you have so many good ideas, like bring them back, yeah, somehow.
2: Well, kids it can be good, huh? Kids can be okay.
0: Yeah, no, I kids are great. I, I, I again, I'm not trying to minimize parent. I'm not trying to say, but I'm like, there's got to be a way to do both, right? I mean, bring like it doesn't mean because you're a parent you have to just shut down every aspect of your life. I get. That those kids can be consuming, but I'm like, find a way back because you have a lot to contribute. Not to corporate America, but I'm like, to politics, to whatever nonprofit. non-profit yeah. Just like, do, please. But please. someone in Nancy's
2: time was like, I want to attract a certain level of man. So that means I need to be, I need to get a college degree to attract a certain level yeah, of And that's man. the thing. She it, even said herself, it was never about the degree. Doing anything about, to degree, it was about the type of man. I, I want to get tried. a Harvard man. Well, yeah, yeah that's whatever, what I'm yeah. saying.
0: But like Barbara Bush, the same thing. It was just like we we Barbara passes and we're like, oh, she's such a great, strong woman. I'm like, which means she had so much to contribute. Granted, she raised. I mean, I will. I will. I can argue the. I I feel like I can distinguish between George H. W. Bush or or George W. Bush being a good person versus being a good president. I don't think I think he was a terrible yeah. president, but I'm like probably a, a decent human being at the core of it. Um, and so to do that, along with all these other kids like that, that she raised, I'm like those, that's noble. That's good. Yeah. And that, that needs to happen. But like, there's also like, I don't know. I just feel like if your sole purpose was to be like, I have to prepare to get married. Like I'm like, no,
1: don't yeah. But in the time, cause I mean, it wasn't until the seventies that most of America needed like a two income household. Yeah. And so... But even, like I said, it's not even an income thing. Like, I, I know so many smart women
0: who are, like, who bring... I mean, again, the basis for economy, You're saying
2: why work through your husband when you're so great as is. Or
0: why defer to, like, I have to get a husband to do that, like, so I can have a family. and like, and
1: again... Because that's what men have set up for women.
2: I know. I, I just, yeah, and I think
1: culturally at the time, which I don't agree, and that's why I feel like even... So, I think Hillary probably graduated college, what, in the 60s? 69. Yeah. And so, you know, even when she graduated from, uh, I think she went to Wellesley. Yeah. You know, I mean, when she gave her graduation speech and you could tell she was going to do her own thing and whatever, people were, like, taken aback. I mean, I feel even some women at Wellesley at the time were going just to have it but they were going to get married and have kids yeah, I, just, I know so many yeah, people that i used to work with and i keep trying to bring them
0: back i'm like come do a project with yeah. me come do a project the economy works they're like well i'm and i get it like they want to be the best the, the same passion that they brought to their profession they want to bring to their motherhood and and being a good wife and raising a good family and i get that so i'm not trying to minimize any of that like i i, I get all that but i when I hear a story like, Well, we're just going to school to get our MRS degree, I'm like, Oh my gosh, but you're so don't sell yourself short and
2: But I- even that is an advancement. If a woman is just going to college because she wants to graduate with a bachelor's degree to attract a certain type of man Take any advancement you can get. I, I know, yeah.
0: and we've we've evolved. I mean, we've got we're talking about Megan Rapinoe here, right? Who is you know, who is way beyond that, right? So, and and I'm not saying Megan Rapinoe is better than my friends who went to go be stay at home parents. I'm just saying, like, I'm glad that women have that option now that they didn't have. Like, I felt I feel like a Nancy and a Barbara, they felt like that was the only way to advance was just to be yeah. a good wife and a good mom. So, sorry.
2: Well, it was a very feminist way to be, uh, to act in a very traditional role. That's a good way to say that. It was a very feminist way to be a traditional woman.
1: Because in that way, it's almost like, I feel like in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, if you were kind of the more upper middle class, the more subservient and conforming you had to be. Because if you're, I don't know, even in the 40s, 50s, you're like, okay, shit, I got to like, You know work a little bit to help support my family or whatever versus they had to like find a man to you know um so it's almost like you had less rights as an upper class person because if more was
2: expected of you
1: yeah or like it was like no you go you know you go get this degree you know find a man versus um you know, if you're like, okay, we need money, you know, and you have to, like, no, get a, an accounting degree so you can actually, like, make some money or something like that.
2: Well, she met Ronald Reagan. She married him in 1952. And she uh, worked for 10 years in that time. Very, like, maybe one movie a year up until 1962. Um, and then after that. When was it? Nineteen sixty four. Yes, she became. Well, nineteen sixty five. She became first lady, and then obviously in nineteen eighty one she became first lady of the U.S. And her. Wait. Say that again. What year? Nineteen eighty one. Yes. She became first lady, but her big. Like Melania's, is be best. Nancy's big thing was say no to drugs. Yeah.
0: Just say no, yeah.
2: So the whole reason I'm talking about Nancy Reagan is about her gay views. And her. it is always important how the president and first lady interprets, um, interacts with, views gay people, because that gives a huge hint of how the whole world... Should treat gay people, yeah. They said according to the president. Yes, they They're role models. Yes, exactly. Like wearing masks. So almost immediately, Nancy Reagan starts say no to drugs. Okay, so let's talk about this first of all. The whole drug issue um, is convoluted in so many issues, but if you're a gay person in the '80s, the major issue is AIDS because it's literally a life or death issue. Oh yeah. So Nancy Reagan at the time in the early eighties goes on this anti-drug rant. It was always a bunch of BS. Okay. Because all you have to do is say no. The, the just say no campaign. Yeah. Really. That's all you have to do. It's, it doesn't, have a realistic view of how to interact with people that are on drugs and addicted to drugs. So, if someone is a heroin addict, crack addict, which was very common at the time, um, you're not gonna just say no. Yeah. Damage has already been done. Well, so well, there's okay. no education on what to do with needles.
0: Not to get not to get too much into all of it, but like, why can't an addict just say no?
2: It's a disease. Yeah, it's a disease. It's beyond. I'm saying just choosing like, for, for but
1: sake are you of kind like, of like, I I like mean, implying, I get why but this I'm, is kind of my uh, thought is, are you saying that like she was just like oh I'm gonna like be anti drugs and so I'm like just say no versus like here's some real meat.
2: No, what my the whole reason I pointed it out is her whole thing of just say no was always unrealistic. It just just around the nibbled around the edges of what yeah. was possible yeah, yeah, yeah. with I'm yeah. drug policy. So when, when she was saying, just say no, it was eliminating so many people. that were already heroin addicts, crack addicts. They were passing the needle around. They were already more likely to spread AIDS in a, a way ah, that yeah, was intravenous, point, yeah. obviously. So her drug her The one thing she's known for is her drug policy. it's already detrimental to gay people, or not gay people, to people in general in terms of uh, the AIDS virus. So at the time when she was first lady and her whole thing was, her whole kind of shtick was just say no, what she was doing was spreading AIDS around the country like crazy by having a drug policy, which the entire government went by, which only it was abstinence it's the this equivalent of drugs to abstinence you know what i mean yeah which has been very controversial amongst americans of, yeah because nobody's gonna do it if tell you them, don't have a condom like yeah if you don't have sex you won't get aids you won't get pregnant you won't
1: get herpes right. you won't get which nobody's gonna do things, so tell them which is so if you're inaccurate do it, which you are do this and this and this yeah thank you so the Welcome. the gays
2: the gays were already um, suspicious of the Reagan's in general. First can, of all, can
0: I just pause like no. on the, just on the comment of like uh, um, being because uh, you, you're you're raising a, a an important point about it's not just saying no like if someone's addicted then. They're addicted. It's like a there's disease. A, there's, it's a disease. And I, and I think... Her there, shtick was prevention. For only. her to say, like, oh, this wasn't a thing. We, we didn't know. Like, is there going be some... Well, we just didn't know about addiction. Like, Betty Ford, like, there was a clinic. Like, there was a lot of research about addiction. And it's not just uh, uh, all you have to do is just not do it. Like, there, there's a lot of mental health treatment. And even at the time, there was a
2: lot of uh, research done on it
0: yeah that's that's my point I, that's all i wanted to make it wasn't like a, oh well just nancy didn't know that she was around enough health professionals there was enough research out there that it was more than just abstinence from drugs that that's the only point because i i feel like there would be some sympathetic f- folks who are like well she just didn't know that you know all you, you it was more complicated than just saying no
2: well, her thing was just say no. I know. Yeah. You no, won't have I totally a, agree. A drug problem. Yeah. Yeah. So she did it. What I'm trying to get to, because I'm getting into. Um, if you talk about. You, you cannot separate Nancy Reagan's LGBT views from the AIDS epidemic, because, boo, she was first lady during the. Yeah. You know The entire The the pandemic Against gay people Yeah
0: So For the record It was never Deemed a pandemic I think it was only Epidemic But yes I I, I understand that And only I note that Because we are currently In a pandemic And like that's it's We
2: were a pandemic then
0: I don't think it was Officially called that By whom By the CDC
1: And which is crazy Because now Everybody that got AIDS Back then Died here, a lot of people survive, yeah. and it's like the whole world is shutting down. Whereas then, President Reagan didn't even acknowledge it. I say that because
0: a lot of folks want to conflate AIDS and coronavirus, and it's like they're two different things. Uh, the incident rates different, the contraction rates different, the death rates different. And so, like, yeah. I, like so, I'm like, I'm careful to be like, oh, that we are in a pandemic. That is an epidemic.
1: I mean, That's crazy because that was a way more serious disease. It and is,
0: it, but you had to, it, it's contracted differently, right? I mean, it, it is, I mean, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, I mean, you have to you be, can, yeah. You can't just get it from touching surfaces or, I mean, we were, I mean, or breathing, you, yeah, yeah, right? I mean, you have to have intercourse, basically, or exchange bodily fluids to yeah. get AIDS, a- HIV. Yeah. So, um, that, that's why I, well, I, the sad thing
2: done. about Nancy uh, Reagan during the time was she had so many gay friends. This is a woman that, whose career was it Was Hollywood. in Hollywood, Yes. Yeah. Her florist was gay. Her decorator was gay. Her fashion designers were gay. They were all gay, and she interacted with them in a way—a very condescending sense of, "Don't you want to be next to this?" Sorry, I'm what? gonna
0: inter interject one more time. There was a lot of interviews I heard during Pride Month where people would ask, and and it's some of them were recent, some of them were historic, and they're like, "Oh." so-and-so gay icon like what do you like you have such a you're a gay icon like what do you think about your gay fans they're like oh well they taught me to do my hair and my makeup and i had such great times with them which look you know i appreciate you mm-hmm. saying that about us but i'd rather you say and i hope you can say this and if you can't then that's fine be honest but we're resilient we sh- we're- we live our truth we stand up against, you know, all these societal norms that are saying you can't be gay, you, can, you can't get married, you can't have sex, like, all these things that are against us, and yet we live our truth in a very authentic way. Yeah. I'd rather you say that than, like, we do your makeup well. well mean, that we reminds
2: c- me of my girl, Brittany, who every year is like,
0: I had some of the best nights in my life well, this with year gay she people. Was, she was like, thank you to everyone at the LGBTQ community. <laughs>
2: Bless it. Bless it. But anyway, what we're getting to is the people that just are takers of the gay community versus allies or fighters. And this woman definitely was. Her best friends were designers and all that kind of stuff. You're saying she was a taker?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, she's one of those... Okay, so I remember being... It was I was a flight attendant, so it would have been at least two thousand six and reading someone had left a magazine and I opened it and read it, and it said, Must have been vogue. <laughs> it said the number one accessory for a young woman today is a gay best friend mm. and then there were a bunch of backlash articles about that saying that these are actual people they're not just here to make you look better and make you feel better and make you feel like you're a a part of something that will make you look better in the future. Like, these are actual human beings. Those were the Backlash articles, but when I read it in 2006 or 7, I think it was, it was, we're still playing the game of, we are here to make you look better, to make you feel more feminine, to be your, Mm -hmm. you know, hairstylist and whatever. I think Nancy Reagan looked at gay people as that type of, you know, interaction. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate. But she, because many of her gay best friends were hairstylists, designers, florists. But she thought of herself as, like, the most important woman in the world. Yeah, exactly. Which, I
0: mean, this first lady, you hold a title that represents that. I get it.
2: But if you walk into that relationship, and AIDS is already happened. Once you're in office, AIDS, AIDS is already on the go. Yeah, you know, it was there from day one when Ronald Reagan took office. Yeah, it was
0: first reported in June 1981, which is yeah, the year one of, yeah.
2: exactly. So, yeah, so the Reagans didn't say anything until the second term. Mm-hmm. He would already been reelected before yeah. the time they did that. And because she has such an important role within the Reagan administration, because people view her as the actual power, people looked at her as in, like, you're not talking about AIDS. You are hurting us because you're responsible for telling your own husband about the disease that is killing us. And she ignored it. She ignored it into the second Yeah. Even after
0: we've talked about Rock Hudson, even after... Well, and that's the thing. So Rock
2: Hudson went to France and wanted to see a specific doctor in France because there were so few people in the U.S. or anywhere at all that were willing to help gay people or that had any success at it at all. So he was asked... Nancy Reagan, because he had been friends with Nancy Reagan and Ronald right. Reagan. And they because knew, they were both knew the actors. Reagans. Yeah, yes, exactly. they knew it. So he said, Can you please help me meet this doctor? And she said, No, I don't think that would be appropriate if I showed, or if the president showed Like preferential showed fra- treatment. If yes. the president showed favoritism. And it was kind of like, Damn. You know, that was kind of like the gay people saying, yeah. What? Yeah like we're desperate for anyone to get any mm-hmm. kind of recognition any yeah. kind of help at all. And the reason he had and to go said, to
1: nope. The reason he had to go to France is because when AIDS came on the scene, France put a ton of money into like research to try to figure this out and then America didn't. So they were like steps ahead of us.
2: Well and he died a few months later in August of 1985 and it made her look really bad at the time. <laughs> This is your gay friend, and we all saw what you did to him. Or didn't do for him. Mm-hmm. Didn't do, yes. Uh, but there were also a lot of people that agreed with it, you know? Because I remember the time where is, if you give any attention to the gay people during the AIDS epidemic, they're going to continue to live their own nasty lives and continue to get AIDS. Yeah, You know? There was a part of the thing was the best thing we can do is completely ignore them until they come back around until our.
0: You know, on the AIDS crisis, like Tony, you sent us a video from was it CBS this morning, like of a woman in Arkansas who just like yeah. opened up a, her yeah a, uh, a, a land that she inherited that she didn't necessarily want because she I remember at the beginning she was like a diamond ring would have been nice but she inherited a cemetery, a cemetery. lot. And she, in Arkansas, like gave yeah, this space. And we've talked about how gays weren't accepted in, in cemeteries because people were thinking, oh, you're going to spread our AIDS, your AIDS to, you know, the dead people. I don't know what it was, but she created a space for people in Arkansas and I guess in nearby uh, southern states to be buried yeah. in that cemetery, which is just, I mean, that's, I mean... That's what you want to see from leaders yeah. as opposed to, I mean, she's dead now, so it's not entirely fair to rag on Nancy Reagan, but I mean, she was
1: a leader of the country. But I do look at the time, both of them actors, I mean, actually, you know, one, a much more famous actor, uh, Elizabeth Taylor, you know, she was so disgusted with the government's not doing anything, and you would think, I mean, I just look at Elizabeth Taylor and I think, oh... This high maintenance woman, she's never gonna put in a lot of legwork. She rented an office and she would go in every day like it was a job and work the phones to fight against AIDS, you know. And she would like literally call people, "I need money. I need you to like speak out." Blah blah blah. Well, she the- was literally pounding the pavement, whereas Nancy Reagan is in the White House and could have been like, "Give me a press conference." And well, the
2: Reagans were friends with um, Rock Hudson. And supposedly at the time felt terrible because they didn't know. Honestly, they did not, which is scary. They did not know that so-and-so, quote, normal could get the disease. He mm-hmm. di- so-and-so likable, so-and-so he, nice. He
0: died in their second term, though, huh? Yes,
2: he died so, at the very beginning of their second so term. So
0: they could have done something. Like when they were, Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, so politic. like, if we even want to get political, like, they could have done something. Because they're not up for re-election. Like, they could have yeah. really done. They could have. Yeah. So, it's it's beyond politics for those fuckers. Like they could have done something. That's what they believe. And, and they're both yeah. dead. And I apologize for like defaming. But also people you know, that just have died, like uh, but stem
1: cell research. Thank you, Tony. She Chris. was so against it. it. Oh so, no, no, you're good. But <laughs> but she I was, was so say against it, and then as soon as Ronald Reagan got Alzheimer's, and they're like, oh well, stem cell research can like prevent or help Alzheimer's. She's for it, and it's like because that affected you, whereas like. If he had had AIDS, would you have, you know?
0: I. It's just disgusting because, like, again, they had a, they had a. They had a role to play because you could argue the first, and it's not a, it's a, it's a gross argument to make. But it, I get politics. Like their first, their first term, I have to
1: run for the election. after that. But in yeah. the
0: second term, I'm like, you did nothing.
1: Yeah, and you know when Ronald Reagan, uh, when Rock Hudson was on his deathbed. He called him. And he basically, you know, said, you know, love you, whatever. But he didn't acknowledge that he had AIDS and didn't say anything about it. You know, he's like, I don't know what he said. Well, after love
2: you, good luck, whatever. Rock Hudson died, Nancy, uh, I'm not sorry, Liz Taylor started talking to Nancy like, this was our friend. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you need to do something. And she specifically went to Nancy because Nancy knew how to humanize people to her husband. Is Nancy was always the one in charge in the Mm, Reagan mm. administration. Um, Liz Taylor, to her credit, was like, "This is our friend. What are you doing? Like, what's going on?" Um, and she urged urged Nancy to convince Ronald Reagan to speak at an AMFAR conference. Yep, AMFAR. Um. I think it was American medical research for AIDS. Wait, no. What is American. Hold on.
0: AMFAR. As in, uh, yes. Yep, well, we got it. Go ahead. He spoke at the AMFAR conference and, and what happened there?
2: <laughs> I was trying to get the exact AMFAR quote. Um, but Nancy... Or not Nancy. You mean the Foundation List?
0: for AIDS Research?
2: American Foundation for AIDS Research. That's what it is. So Nancy... Reagan was talking to Liz Taylor, and Liz Taylor was like, "You have to do something." This was our friend. Yeah. Hello, honestly. Um, and she convinced Ronald Reagan to speak at the 1987 AMFAR conference, and that was the first, first time true, he, the first true time he'd actually spoken so, about AIDS, and he had mentioned the word it was AIDS in publicly. Yeah. And it was a controversial speech because he had talked about some measures that the gays thought were, you know way out of bounds, and he didn't see eye-to-eye with the people that he was talking to, but at least he had said the word AIDS. Yeah. And showed up at the conference, yeah. It was honestly the equivalent of if Donald Trump had waited six years before ever talking about COVID. Ever. That's where we are right now with it. But... Yeah. Nancy Pelosi We're almost close to
0: getting a cure for COVID And still have no cure for, for AIDS
1: Actually Like I've read some stuff on that And basically A lot of people think You know there was all this like research To like okay get it from a death sentence To like But now H- that it's HIV. like AIDS
0: it? yeah. yeah
1: So now that it's like a chronic issue that you have to make, like, kind of like if you get diabetes, right? You have to watch it all the time, but it's manageable and you can live a long, healthy life. If there's a vaccine or a cure, one pill or one shot and you're done, the drug companies make way less money than if it's a chronic illness that you have to manage the rest of your life.
0: Which is what AIDS is now. So And so saying- that's
1: why they say... They, nobody ever wants to find. No a one cure has for an, AIDS an incentive cure because incentive for AIDS. you're going to buy pills for the rest of your life versus.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so sad. I don't even want to talk about that. I mean, there's a lot of people there. that
1: say that's why we still have cancer because a disease that's been around for like how many decades and there's no cure.
0: I don't want to like, you can't. I mean, because you're putting poison in your body when you're taking all the the disease uh, the medication to contain. HIV AIDS, right? Um, but that's not the same intensity that you put into the poison you put into your body when you're trying to overcome cancer. Like I have a friend who's going right. undergoing breast cancer. and like, I look at her. I mean, she's freaking amazing. But for the doing thing is, if they with. gave
1: her one pill or one shot and she was done in this many decades, because they, could they not have come up with
0: that? Oh no, I I get it. All I'm saying is, like the the shock her body goes through with one treatment of. Of um, uh, chemo, chemo versus someone oh, I know who takes a a daily pill, a Truvada or whatever. Yeah. Like that's way different.
1: <laughs> oh no, no, I'm I'm just saying like there's no incentive to cure but cancer to or right, AIDS yeah, yeah. because
2: well, in 2013, Nancy Reagan's daughter Patty Davis said, "My mom does support same-sex marriage, but she doesn't want to be out front and in, in the." Light of fire for oh, everybody else. Oh, what a else. brave
0: first lady, former first lady who has nothing to lose. Right, granted. and it's
2: your daughter saying granted, Penion. you're almost
0: 100 years old, so I get it. I get it.
2: Well, so Nancy died in 2016 and then, here's the thing and I remember this hearing at the time, I'm like, what, Hillary? No, Hill. come on. Wah, wah, wah. Hillary Clinton when Nancy mm. Davis died, went yep. on and said well, the, mo- the number one thing we need to thank Nancy for is sparking this great conversation in the U.S. about HIV-AIDS. Yes, and she got a lot of backlash. And people were like, what? She didn't say anything for years and years and years. And Hillary got so much backlash that she had to apologize. Yeah. Which is something she did quite often. But at the time, it's like you don't even know one of your predecessors. Yeah. Like, she said nothing about it. It's like... Yeah, she denied
1: it until...
0: Like, I'm sure she. There was a, a point. Look, I'm look. I, I'm not going to defend Hillary Clinton's statement. I'm just sure there was plenty of. I think she was. She probably, doesn't write her own speeches. Is my point. So I'm like, there's someone who wrote that speech for her, who either one did fact. It wasn't speech. It was who, a release. Who didn't fact check it? Or two, like at one point, Nancy Reagan said something. In one statement, but they did not realize like yeah. she made it in 1991. I think in it was 1985.
1: You know, oh, she's a first lady, you're a first lady. You need to be like, oh, my God, she was the most amazing person, blah, blah, blah. She didn't know her history, yeah. Exactly. And it's like, and also it's like, how could you not know that history? But, yeah. Uh,
0: No, I I get it. I'm not not trying to. Or, you know, it's
1: like maybe she was looking at her, you know, brightest, brightest side, and it's like, "Mm."
0: Uh, Look, I have no doubt that, I mean, Kendall just mentioned there was a statement released by Nancy Reagan who the, whatever intern or speechwriter wrote that statement could have referred to that uh, 2012 thing like oh she said it but like, also but honey the- she never said that between the years of 1981 to 1989 but you also I wish think was, a lady. was woke huh? enough to be like
1: what? dude she didn't do anything for AIDS it's that from the you know,
0: uh, that, I get it. Uh, I'm, all I'm saying is, it's, uh, whoever wrote that speech for Hillary Clinton, because she didn't write it on her own, or the press res- press she statement, have. is that they One they realized that first lady. They ca- they caught a fir- they caught a line from Nancy Reagan at some point, like we need to do something for HIV/AIDS, and maybe she said it in 1989 or 1988 or
1: 1999 or yeah
0: or 2013. <laughs> yeah. And didn't realize like the context of like yeah even if you said it in 1989 yeah. on your last day in the office yeah what well, or the, maybe
1: it was like political pandering of like oh she was the first lady during the whole AIDS crisis uh, yeah I say that because I
0: feel like Hillary Clinton is smarter than that I'll, she's made plenty of way errors. fucking smarter that's yeah. I'm like they caught a line at the wrong time but whatever anyway I'm, I'm not trying to uh, 2016 happened, it's done and over with, go vote, co-register <laughs> to vote for 2020. What else you got about Nancy? Anything else? That's it. That's all. Jury, cured, Nancy Reagan. Okay. All right. Well, that was a fun kiki. Long, epic, as usual. We, had, we talked about politics. We talked about first ladies. We talked about rights. civil insurance rights and feminists. Insurance policies. All sorts of things we shouldn't have talked about, but thank you for sticking around and listening to our podcast and kicking with us this week. A special thank you to the guy who keeps our sound in check, Spencer. Woo hoo! Uh, I know you all know Spencer, but if you don't, Spencer's part of the podcast, our Spoopy Podcast, where he and Chris, his co-host, talk about spoopy things. They talk about urban legends, murder mysteries, true crimes, and just scary things in general. They're part of the Listen Work Next. Listen Works Network, and you should give them a listen. Uh, don't forget to subscribe so you can hear future episodes of our podcast, Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. You can visit our website at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Talk Gay Stuff and leave us a review on any of those platforms or on email at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. We'd love to get a five star rating from you. Um, And if you want to give us a one-star rating or provide us. Tell us why we'd love it. Yeah, tell us why. If you want to uh, give us some feedback on our daily posts because we're grammatically incorrect or we said something wrong, tell us that too. It happens. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, But, hey, we appreciate you listening to us. Uh, And tune in next week where we're going to have another great episode. So from Let's Talk About Gay Stuff, we're here.
2: Work where? Get used to it.